footy and frothies. Round three is in the books, and uh, the old Dagstar, Barney, and Oliver are here to look back on all of it. Oh, it was a cracking weekend of rugby league, Ollie. It was, uh, well, and Barney, hello. Hello. But, um, I'm looking at Ollie's big head here, so he can go first. Barney, uh, other Barney, what's going on, Ollie? Uh, not much. I mean, yeah, a great weekend of footy, but Jesus Christ, my tips. I couldn't pick up a disease in a brothel at this point. Mm. Three from eight this weekend um, after a two from eight and a four from eight the week before. So I'll ask you boys quickly, if I automate my tips this week, is it all the home teams or all the away teams? Do you know how it works on ESPN? Because that's what I'm doing. I'm that's literally just question. Going, I'm just going the auto tips this week as an experiment to see if I actually out-tip myself because I think I will. I like that you've bought into all the comps we offer and um, clearly don't give a shit about any of them, but it's good that you... I think they just tip the favourites, to be honest. Probably just a market favourite, I'd suggest. I mean, that, that's not a bad bad shout at this point. Yeah. Um, anyway, how are you, You still right? end up with three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Impossible. But um, how are you, all right? Your, your hair looks nice. Yeah, doing all right. Currently in Montenegro this week. Right. Uh, right. Trump from Mexico. Well, isn't it obvious? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Montenegro, Sorry. Toronto, Wolfpack Society. I met up with my friends from that, old um, Rajan, Artie and Armin. So, yeah, it was good to catch up with them and um, still in Montenegro, staying at Artie's house. His wife cooks a mean feed. Some, uh, what do they cook in Montenegro? Something good goat, I'd assume. Oh, food, hopefully. I was going to say that. What's that egg dish with the tomato in it? But that's, um, it's Nigerian or something. Anyway, um, Barney, hello. What's <laughs> hello, going on? <laughs> Had the kitchen ripped out today, so mm. that's going to be a bit There's of an no inconvenience for the next couple of weeks. Food for you. <laughs> no, be all in electric fry pans and reheated dinners out of the freezer for the next next three weeks or so. Barbecue but, or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, dog ate the last barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> the new dog or the old dog? <laughs> the new one. Chewed up all the knobs off it and, yeah. and the um, <laughs> and the gas hose and all the rest of the bits and pieces of it. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have yeah, to no, like, probably no, grab right. another one of those. <laughs> Has anyone got a spare barbecue I can buy? Yeah, if Barbecue's Glory's listening, <laughs> um, we do accept accept sponsorship, so doesn't ask for much, just a little Weber, something like that. But yeah, good good weekend of footy. Defence wasn't the priority for most of the <laughs> most of the games, no. but very entertaining moments of footy. Most games offered up at least a good half. All but the not, Newcastle game, if and not an the hour, Cowboys game was still live in ten minutes to go. Yep. Game Absolutely. on. Bro, I thought it was the most enjoyable, except for some results, most enjoyable weekend <laughs> of footy. Uh, just touch on some news first, though. John Sattler passed away this afternoon. Oh. News has come out, so our condolences to the family and friends there. Absolutely. Obviously a legend of the game, one of the toughest. Uh, well, plenty of There's going to be plenty spoken about him in the days to come, I'd assume, uh, both via the Rabbitohs and the NRL, but one of the toughest blokes to play the game, the legendary broken draw grand final. He's one of the great stories, um, yeah. yeah well, sad. before our time, unfortunately, yeah. so um, probably don't have a lot of comment on it apart from what you hear, what, what everyone's already heard in the in the media. But um, yeah, con- condolence to the family and um, a uh, a club legend that I'm sure will be honoured for weeks to come. Yeah, I, I can't really argue. I mean, anyone really born after the, the moon landing, it's hard to have any solid memories of John Sattler. But the one that everyone obviously always talks about is that 1970 grand final against Manly where he broke his jaw early on in the game and kept playing. And um, it's, sort of, it's sort of nice to, I guess, look back on the 2014 grand final as well when Sam Burgess broke his cheekbone early. I think it was the first tackle of that game. 
and the story that was told afterwards is that um, part of what sort of kept him on the field is he actually remembered hearing that story or I don't know whether he watched the game or not, but he said that had an influence on him wanting to stay on the field for his team and he ended up winning the Clive Churchill medal for South Sydney that day. So it's crazy just to see sort of the impact that what 50 odd years later on that that effort from John Sattler has had throughout the game. And of course his son as well, Scott Sattler making a try saving tackle against Todd Byrne in the 2003 grand final against the Roosters. I mean, big moments are not only made by this bloke, but they seem to come from this bloke. So um, he has an everlasting legacy in the game. I don't think we could add much more to that. Uh, let's tie in an injury news. Denny Levi's out for 10 weeks with a broken jaw. <laughs> After, unfortunately, copying that in the first minute or minute and a half of that Cronulla game. Nick Kotrick, six weeks on the back of that. Both unfortunate. Uh, Sam Verrill's, Ollie, broken collarbone. Mm. Didn't see that one coming. He's uh, indefinitely out. Uh, Wade Egan, HIA, but probably, well, I don't know if he's category one, but they're going to wait and see. Uh, Hamlay pretty bad. Yeah. Sele is category one, so he won't be in this week. Uh, question marks over Shaq Mitchell, Dan Sofidi, and Matt Dorridge. Yet to hear there. And uh, Matt, Mitch Barnett left on a stretcher and didn't look good either. Uh, he lost, uh, he had some nerve issues and he lost some feeling after he left the field, but has been given the all clear. So, uh, Ollie, yeah, no hooker for a bit. Oh, well, the, the one that we had on the weekend wasn't too bad. And I mean, the the result wasn't horrible either. So it, I'm not panicking just yet. Again, we're in a bit of a, a weird time at the moment, just with all these upsets and these teams that you thought would be doing a bit better, um, going a bit worse. We'll talk about it, obviously, on tomorrow night's show, the previous show. But the Titans got the Cowboys this week. So uh, gen- generally, I'd be saying this is a huge out, but... Yeah, it's sort of just wait and see, I think, for the next couple of weeks. And Chris Randall, obviously, at least he's sort of known for his defense. I think on debut, was it him who made 70 tackles or something? Close he's to, he's yeah. usually solid in defense. And um, Verrills is usually decent there as well. So if he can at least keep that up. And again, the Titans are a team who like to leak a lot of points. At least limit his mistakes. No stupid mistakes out of dummy half. And uh, we can at least have someone there as a, as a decent stopgap until Verrill's is fit again. Grass. Uh, yeah, no, definitely, as I remember to record Oliver's head for the remainder of this show. So let me just put you there, Ollie, in the corner. That's better. Now, uh, signing news, well, judiciary news, Kafusi is challenging his downgrade. Uh, so he's looking at three to four weeks for his hit, um, which ultimately was... I thought it was a, no, yeah, it was late, but um, they're, they're challenging a three to four weeks there. Uh, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'd probably be challenging it too, to be honest. I don't think it was overly late or when it wasn't high or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't blame the club for seeking a downgrade on that one. Uh, Joey Manu got a week, took the early plea for that tackle, which again... Lucky. Lucky didn't get two or three, I think. I think so. It I wasn't think, well, great. No care over. But he was going. I thought he was going. I'm not going to defend him. But I thought he was going for the ball. Like, only, I think, the set before, pretty much before that, someone else made a break and he made the try save. Yes, absolutely. Over the same ta- same yeah. style of tackle, but didn't look yeah. good, Ollie. Yeah, it was pretty close to that. Um, obviously, that big try saver before. And I agree. I think he was going for the ball and maybe could have gotten an- another week or so. But I'm not... I, I don't think he's overly lucky with the result. I think that I can I can understand 
where the NRL is coming from, especially with him taking the early guilty play. And Jerome Hughes looking at one to two weeks, I believe, contesting was the last I saw. I haven't seen anything since. I don't know what he's contesting. <laughs> That's an out-and-out yeah. out shoulder charge every day yeah. of the week. So I don't think he'll be seeing him this week. That was a, it's probably a really silly decision, to be honest. A, a halfback on a halfback when your team's already decimated with injuries and you know, you're know you missing a lot of strike in your spine and then you go and do that as the halfback mm. and the chief playmaker. You go and make that decision. <laughs> that's a that's a brain fade if ever I've seen one. Yeah, I'm not sure Melbourne are with us, but we'll get to that. Uh, they do get Munster back this week, I'm told. Yeah, well, there's probably uh, another Melbourne player that I think is quite lucky to not be there with you that we'll get to when we get to the, the Titans-Storm game, to be honest. And signing news, Tom Burgess extended for next year, so he's going to have another run with the Bunnies. Uh, the Sharks re- have signed uh, Tuku Hau Tapua, a big front row from the Roosters, to clear the decks for Nathan Brown to come in. And apparently Wilton's agreed to terms. Kennedy is a matter of time, but apparently the Tigers are trying, according to Fox Sports, so take that with the standard <laughs> Fox Sports grain of salt, yeah. uh, are trying to make a play for Will Kennedy, so... I think the Sharks will be doing everything they can to sign up Kennedy, to be honest. There's not a well, huge amount of fullback until, options out there. They need, they need to make another Tiger story up today. He's so. already um, proven his worth the first couple of rounds this uh, this year, to be honest, and what he did at the back end of last year. Wilton's a no-brainer as well. Um, you've seen what he's done at the start of this year and Both last year. He's been, been fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. So. Good signings. Um, large, a large middle, which I've been crying out for that we need with young fella. So... Um, Probably won't break into the team this year. Maybe play a little bit towards the back end, but hopefully someone for the future that you know, sizes up that middle for the Sharks. So. Oh, you like shit canning the Tigers in your stories, you're right. Uh, anything on Bubba Kennedy at your end? Uh, no, but all I've read really was, was slightly different to you guys. That I guess sort of combining it both together is that the Tigers are interested in looking to sign him, but apparently Cronulla does not see that as a threat whatsoever. Kennedy isn't really interested in that he's just going to re-sign and that it's a matter of negotiating. So, I don't know. Kennedy would be a good get for the for the Tigers, though. But I'd say yeah. he's pretty happy. Yeah. The I worst think. thing that happened to the Tigers this year in terms of recruitment is they took the field. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't helped. <laughs> like, exactly. If they just not played a game to this date, I'm sure they would have got other players excited. But anyway. Yeah, their back line for the are. Sharks do look so very, very happy. And they've all, mm. most of them have signed on again. So I, I think they plan on staying together for a few years. So. If I'm now the Tigers with two mil to spend, uh, I assume they're not gonna, I assume there's going to be some casualties this year. If it's not Brooks and Laurie, it'll be someone. I'd be looking at Williams and Wellsby. Go to England, try and beg them to come over and save us. Anyway, we'll get to that. Great round of footy, though. Any, anything else you want to talk about, Ollie? Uh, not really. Uh, not really. I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, same here, mate. All right. Well, crazy round of footy. Uh, we saw 40-degree days across, I think, for, for 38 40-degree games mm. in action, including the hottest game ever played in Canberra. Uh, I've been informed by whoever's commentator, Matt Russell, I assume, told us that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was the, the record, hottest recorded kickoff at Bruce, so therefore probably the hottest game ever played, yep. given they don't get too many 40-degree days in March. We'll get to that one soon, though. And as I said earlier, every game was still alive with 10 to go. It's pretty exciting. And it has been all the great... I cannot fault a single round of um, rugby league because I've been entertained by every game I've watched to date. Uh, even though one or two may have been in a car crash style um, fashion. 
They did kick off, though, with Manly 34, beating Para 30 in a, uh, in, in, again, uh, an exciting game where the heat took its toll and there was plenty of um, accidents happening, shall we say, <laughs> Barney? What did the stats say? Yeah, we had six tries for both sides, four out of six conversions for Manly, three out of six for Parramatta. A missed two-point field goal attempt and one out of one penalty attempts for Manly. 28 out of 40 sets, played 25 out of 39. 197-plus run metres for Parramatta. Three line breaks to six. 331, uh, sorry, 33 tackle busts played 24th. That'd be a lot. Uh, seven offloads to 19 for Parramatta. Zero 40-20s. 267 tackles played 284. Zero ruck infringements from both sides. Two inside the 10 against Parramatta. Seven penalties conceded for both teams and 14 errors by both sides. Jake made 35 tackles. Hodgson with 39 Tom made 204 running metres and Penasini made 181. Supercoach points, Tom Trebojevic with 103, Dylan Brown with 88 and Gutherson with 84. Yes, many a coach in brought back the old-fashioned Tommy Turbo loop yes. on a Thursday night. But, Barn, what do you think of the game? Still didn't help me that much, to be honest. But did you loop, did you? <laughs> I've, I've won two out of three, but, yeah. I did loop because um, I didn't have too many other big scoring options <laughs> left in my side. Um yeah, well, Manly came out firing. Um, you know, they took the fight to Parramatta. They obviously decided that they were going to win that 20 minutes that Parramatta seemed to win most games that they play. And um, their defensive aggression, especially at the start of the game, was key to Par- uh, to Manly winning like winning this game. Every time things got close, they seemed to ramp up the aggression in defence and started whacking their, their middle forwards, which really slowed down the middle of the Parramatta uh, attack. Uh, Parramatta, again, played in spits and farts and <laughs> played in 10- and 15-minute periods like they've done for a large part of the year, um, which Cronulla's mirrored as well to start this year, to be honest. But, um, yeah, Manly were definitely on top for the, the first 15, 20 minutes and then Parramatta came back, but they only ever sort of gained the ascendancy for 15, 20 minutes max. And uh, when when Manly packed up shop, they Parramatta really sort of came back and... I think Manly could have run away with this game and put a lot of points. Like if, if they'd, they'd put their foot on half? the throat and yeah, just didn't, first half, yeah, because yeah, they, they were owning them. Like it, mm. isn't it? It's almost like Parramatta didn't know what to do once the two front rowers the middles got bashed. stopped. They yeah. really got bad, and they had they had nothing at all. Like they were just uh, Hopgood ended up cooked and had to go off. Uh, well, mm. unless it was some BA master plan. Um, Parramatta fans haven't confirmed. They, they're the best barometer for how good a coach Brad Arthur is. But, um, but and, he, and he had to use his whole bench, which tells you something as well. But um, the answers didn't come till late, and it wasn't until yeah the pressure really came off. But every time Manly sort of seemed to get out in front, they just eased up and started just sort of playing through the motions, and they, mm. they really eased up on that on their line speed and their defensive aggression, which um, you know which what saw them comfortably beat Canterbury in the first round, but. Um, they, they only sort of did it in, again, 10 or 15-minute periods where both sides were doing that. Um, yeah, they, as I said, they tried to cruise through, and this game ended up being who could fuck up worse than the other team, realistically. <laughs> <laughs> there was periods where both teams just continually dropped balls, gave away penalties, and it was sort of like 10 minutes of, oh, yeah, I've, we've just completely thrown this game out of the water. What do you guys got? Yeah. And the other side would do exactly the same thing. Um, there's intercept tr- intercept um, tries, points coming directly from errors and penalties. Um, yeah, the, both teams have got some work to do here. Uh, 
their defensive patterns are both rushing on the edges, which led to points as well. It um, just has to be, and and it should have been already. But you just have to always back the left winger playing Parramatta. You just have to do it as first try scorer. They will score fifteen games out of thirty this year. Again in this game, and I was, geez, I was upset at myself for not doing it. Anyway. Both um, benches from both sides added three-fifths of fuck all. Um, but both starting packs were good. Uh, Hamole, Aloe and Jake were the best for Manly. Uh, Junior was by far the best middle for Parramatta. I thought he was fantastic again, and he's had a really good start to the year, to be honest. Um, Hodgson caused a few problems late in the game uh, with, with some tired defence. Penasini and Gutho were, were the best players for Parramatta, I thought. They um, really added some impact out the back there for, for the Parramatta side. Garrick was great, and, and Tommy was eas- easily the difference. Um, he just He's in the right spot all the t- just about all the time. He's backing up, and then he's got a good pass and some good footwork to go with it. So. Oliver? Well, both fullbacks I thought were great. This was really the battle of the fullbacks, I thought, uh, when it came down to it in this one. And just to Barney's point, sort of the opening of the game, I thought this was the first half was Parramatta's worst half of football for the whole season so far, easily. And after 23 and a half minutes, they'd actually completed four from 10 sets. So they only had four completions. And after that, Manly did start to get a little bit of clunky, a little bit clunky, start giving some stuff away to Parramatta. And all that ended up with a, a Tom Trebojevic try. So I thought, oh, here we go. This could be a space <laughs> job here. Yeah. Um, but then making something from nothing for Parramatta's first try on the last tackle as well. Brilliant. Clint Gutherson. And that sort of shifted the momentum for the rest of the first half. That was in the 32nd minute. And just on on Paulo and how important he is to, to Parramatta. And I guess you want to bring up a, a Brad Arthur masterclass in terms of um, in terms of his interchange. Yeah. Paulo went off at the 28th minute. And came back on it on at the thirty fourth minute. He had six minutes <laughs> on the bench at one point, so they took him off and went, "Oh shit!" and put him back on. Like I, I did, yeah. So a masterclass there from Brad Arthur, um, and then Matt Doru's try, um, a try off of a penalty. The momentum one hundred percent going Parramatta's way uh, at this point after a poor first half, um, and it was a great line run from Matt Dory, I thought. And then Parramatta just looked a lot more confident after that. Heading into half time, the set after the Dory try, they made 70 meters uh, from the kickoff. And that continued into the second half a little bit. I thought the end of the first half and the early stages of the second half was probably Parramatta's best period. And again, uh, 44 and a half minutes into the game, who else but Clint Gutherson? Another amazing individual effort, making something from nothing to score. He had his hands everywhere in this game. Um, you can clearly tell when you do your notes as the game's going on, Ollie. I, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> How else would you do them? But um, uh, but si- since that point, it not, was of all, course not on Monday morning. Oh, oh, like an idiot. Oh. It was all um, it was all manly from that point on. To be honest, and even when late in the game, Parramatta sort of picked back up and got those tries late. I still sort of thought manly were on top. I mean, it was a lot closer, and manly weren't necessarily great. As Barney said, it was more who, more both sides are giving the ball away to each other. But I thought manly were probably still. Um, on top, but again, at the Tom Travojevic double, and he had his hand in everything as well. I've got the stats for both players here. We got Turbo with two tries and assists, 204 running meters, a tackle break, and a line break. And then Gutho, two tries, 156 running meters, two tackle breaks, and two line breaks. So quite close there. Turbo just getting the better of him, and I'd probably just give 
the nod to Turbo as well. I thought he was a bit better, um, but I will note that Gutherson, to do what he did, had to put in a, a lot more effort because he didn't have the help there, to be honest, at sure. a lot of time alongside him. And he almost single-handedly kept his side in this game. I mean, his two tries literally were all him. There was no one else sort of putting him through, um, no one else making any opportunities for him. He sort of got the ball and went, well, shit, I'm going to have to try something here. And it paid off both times. And I believe he got the assist to Dory as well. I'm not too sure um, of that one off the top of my head. Probably the only player who sort of really impressed me off the bench from either side was Sean Kepi. 38 minutes, 85 run meters and 27 tackles. So he did a bit of work during that time. I thought Hodgson had a solid game. Um in defence, and he, that try that he got, it was, again, sort of something came out of nothing. Parramatta just passing the ball around, the gap opened up, and off went Hodgson from about halfway there. Uh, Brown was fine in terms of his running. He made 23 tackles and didn't miss any at all either, and Schuster was great setting up opportunities for Manly, and he was sort of that X factor that they needed three tries for him. Dylan Brown's play the ball in the second half was one of my favourite moments of the year. I was talking <laughs> I was to someone about forty. The knock on. <laughs> no, we just fell over his head. Yeah. Just, uh, oh. We just did it. Uh, I don't know. I was talking to someone about footy the other day, and I started thinking of it and just pissed myself laughing. So apologies to whoever that was that thinks I'm a complete weirdo. Um, and Josh Hodgson, you, just Josh Hodgson try. Used to remind you when I used to score tries and touch footy, and I'd make a break and no one would be fuck ball, chasing me. And I'm going, no, <laughs> they're not going to catch me. They're not going to catch me. Well, they seemed to pass uh, the ball around three or four times and nothing going on. And Manly, it just seemed like they went, oh, okay, let's just part the Red Sea here for you. And then, boom, Hodgson was through. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm going to stump up for Joe Hodgson. I think he's been good. I think, I think he's getting better. I think he, yeah, all right, you can say he's not Reed Marnie. But I think he's, he's running on old legs. What do you expect? But he, like, you can see the will's still there. You can see um, he's still got the brains and the wits and the wherewithal. So good luck to him. Uh, and it's probably not easy having three blokes in the spine that spend Demand the whole time the either demanding yeah. it or whinging about not getting it. So um, good luck to him, you know, whatever. They're going to run 15th and they're going to want BA sacked, but luckily he's just signed it on the five-year deal. Um, I want to talk about Josh. Oh, quickly, Ruben Garrick, only touch quick one. Jeez, he's a good player. Absolutely. Uh, he is. Like, he just the ability to bust tackles, um, make yards, Kick goal, like he just is a great, great first grade winger. Um, he's probably, you know, he's not top pick, but he's top five in terms of. He probably he's one of those players you'd say oh, deserves an Origin spot one he, at some point. He's but. pretty clinical. Like you don't see the ball going out to him and him just dropping it cold very often. Yeah. He's generally always. Uh, he'll either put a dent in the line or beat the first tackler and get in behind the line and then someone else has to come across and that yeah. just creates more gaps around him. Good footwork, big strong fella and decent pace uh, and a really good kick and boot, a goal kick and boot yeah. to go with it. So Great, great asset for them and um, very good footballer. Now, Josh Schuster, I, I loved how he played on... We, we didn't touch, haven't touched on yet. I loved how he played. He he played the right way he should play. Mm. He took the line on. He uh, ran the ball a lot, but then he ran the ball. He'd run the ball enough to get the the defender engaged. Mm. And then we got Tom Travojevic outside you, and then Ruben Garrick outside him. That's a very scary combination because he's drawing that man in and creating either half an overlap or at least straightening those defenders up. And if he pops it, either Tommy's going straight through, or Tommy's drawing two blokes. Ruben's going, and I thought he was tremendous. I thought a couple of his late touches were good, and I thought he, he led the kick that led to the try as well. But some of his other kicks were pretty good. I was impressed. Um, the way, there's a bit of subtlety to what he was doing as well, because he, he'd be going across and on that angle, 
and he'd slow right down. So the defence either has to then rush him or they yeah. sit back and wait. And as soon as they sat back and wait, he then straightens back up and angles between two defenders. So that causes them both to come in. Yeah. And he accelerates at him as well. So And he's got really good... That first two or three steps, he's really quite sharp over those first two or three steps. So that makes you make snap decisions. It draws both players onto the one tackler, and then there's automatically a space outside him. Yeah. So whether he plays short or long, there's and then there's holes outside him. So. And, and then when those holes are filled by a Tulangi, Tavoyevich or Garrick, that's yeah. um, that's pretty scary stuff. It's yeah. uh, I, I liked how he played. He didn't need out on that all. He did sort of gas out. I'd did. say his that second half up, was pretty yeah, quiet, yeah. but um, yeah, no, he definitely. And he's like he's got something. you know the comps best full a half back to cover for him if he needs to do. Nothing else, Ollie? Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, not really. And but I there's lots of good signs for Manly. In Olakuatu is his, his usual good self. Great in the air, you know. They pinpointed that. Yeah, everyone likes to rave him about Nani, but he's, but he's still happy to do work as well. He doesn't yeah. just sort of sit back and wait to strike. He's pretty happy to carry the ball, and yeah, he um he doesn't mind putting a shot on either. He gets pretty revved up when he puts a shot on in defence. Yeah, so. yeah. So look, at, still a bit happy to see Manly improve from this. Yeah, I think they will. Uh, I think both sides will definitely improve. Yeah, going forward. Power get Madison back this week. Uh, they lane a couple of weeks. A couple weeks to lane, they'd be happy. Um, I think Matt Dory was good. I think he, he's he done enough good. to deserve that. Well, he'll get the bench spot. Yeah, he's Cartwright been will good. be the first one out, I would imagine. Car- Cartwright played 80 minutes and was fine. Uh, all those sort of bench back rows have been good. But you'd imagine Hopgood well, Mac- keeps yeah, that. Makatoa will go before. Makatoa will go, absolutely. <laughs> before Cartwright. Uh, yeah, so... Look, an entertaining game. Kick us off. Uh, Para 0 and 3. They've now got, I think, Penrith, Brisbane, and someone else terrible. Roosters, I think. Yeah, until, yeah, and then yeah. we've got. There is a possibility that Easter Monday, it could be <laughs> Tigers and Para, and they could both go in 0 uh, and 8. 0 and, eight. <laughs> oh and 6, or whatever it is. And, yeah. uh, and play out a nil or draw just for. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely won't be nil or. Be no, it'll be 63. 30 to 62. 30. <laughs> no, well, we, I don't know how Tigers will ever score 62 points. That's a different story. Right. Uh, yeah, great game to start it. Um, more, upside for, more upside for both, but I still think there's upside now. Get shoes to fit. Yeah. And uh, up and going for Manly. Three points Turbo, two points Gutho. The yeah. one's interesting. I, I still had a wrap on Schuster. Olakwaita was good. Hodgson, good. Who are you going to throw up? Garrick. Garrick was very good. Yeah, I thought Garrick was fantastic. Um, and maybe Dylan Brown from Parramatta. I thought he was probably the dominant half for them. But Mitch Moses did have a couple of try assists and was all right. Winged a lot. That's <laughs> like shouting at referees. But anyway. <laughs> or Penasini. But Actually, yeah. Penasini. Penasini. What do you reckon, Ollie? Garrick or Penasini or Garrick? Uh, probably Garrick I'd go out of those two. All right, one point to Garrick. We got to Friday night, which kicked off with a 36 to 20 in the end. The Dolphins over the Knights, who were brave, very brave, actually. They were very brave for an hour, uh, and I think class just prevailed in the end. There, I think. I think if you're a, you know, I'll let you do the stats barn, but I think if you're a Knights fan, you, you shouldn't be too discouraged from what was shown. At least no. there's effort yeah. there. Dolphins but, yeah. had too many scoring opportunities realistically at the end of the game, but it was three tries to seven. Three out of three conversions, played four out of seven for the Dolphins and one out of one penalty attempt for Newcastle. 27 out of 37 sets for Newcastle, 37 out of 42 for the Dolphins. 174-plus running metres to the Dolphins, three line breaks to six. 25 tackle busts for Newcastle, 19 for the Dolphins. Six offloads to three, one force dropout from both sides, zero 40-20s. 
One ruck infringement against both sides and one inside the 10 against Newcastle. Five penalties to seven, 16 errors for Newcastle, five for the Dolphins and a sin bin for the Dolphins. <clears throat> Crossland made 50 tackles, Gilbert made 41, Miller with 212 running metres and Tessie New with 230. Supercoach points were Tessie New with 102, Miller with 92 and Asako with 78. And the trend continued every game this week, which saw a sin bin score the, tri- the try while someone a was try off. <laughs> with 12 blokes. Isn't it amazing? It's been for two years now. It's, it's like they're trained for it or something. Oli, you want to have a go at this one? Yeah, uh, Barney, you brought up the errors, and I think that's really what let Newcastle down. Within the first 10 minutes, they'd made three errors, and that really allowed the Dolphins to get on top. Of course, Tessie New scoring his first try of the game during that period and makes history because, of, of course, he is the... First ever Dolphins try scorer in an away game. I really wanted it to be the hammer, but yes. Tessie knew with good effort there and went on to score two more tries, of course. Uh, so good on him. Jeez, you um, sound like Don Mosley these days, Ollie. <laughs> if yeah, you're I very good one. at it. Oh, yeah, it might um, be before your time. I'm going to start calling you the Velvet Frog. <laughs> it was Fog, wasn't it? <laughs> Not Frog. <laughs> I know. <he's> the <laughs> keep going, Ollie. I like it. Keep going. No, I like it. I, I'm impre- like, I, I jet- that's a wrap. <laughs> Trust me, go it on that. It's a wrap. Yeah. It's a wrap. Go, keep going. All right. Uh, the, the connection's not so <laughs> I'm good here. I'm going to giggle about the Velvet Frog because I'm happy. get back to Australia. Um, well, at the 20-minute mark as well, uh, they showed the stat that the Dolphins had eight tackles within Newcastle's 20, and Newcastle had zero within the yeah. Dolphins' 20. So you can sort of see why that they weren't really scoring any points because they, li- they weren't getting in the position to score points. Um, until a, a great kick from Gamble... Um, good game from Gamble, uh, actually. Yeah, I thought Gamble I would make was the good. argument. Sorry, Barton, but you know we talked shit. Okay. Um, I would make the argument they could should keep Tyson Gamble at six, even when Pong is back, and and they may well do because of health issues. But Gamble brings a nice mongrel. He did a, a fair enough job for Brisbane. And what are you going to do with Miller? I can play him instead of Pong. I'm Hunt. Like seriously, oh, put him out in the centres and <laughs> the wing. Yeah, okay. Put him wherever you want. Put him at 14. Put Ponga at 14. Anyway. Oh, keep going. <laughs> well, it was, sort of, it was a perfectly placed kick to him as well because Hammer was right there. It was sort of in that same motion when collecting the ball, just bumping Hammer off. It was beautiful yeah. just to, yeah. to crash over and score there. And that was sort of when the momentum started to shift. I will give a shout-out, though, to Sean O'Sullivan for his goal line effort uh, against Lachlan Miller, who would end up having a really good game as well. Um, but Newcastle, again, they started to look more confident. Um, they started just the way they were playing. They started really pressing the Dolphins there for a few minutes, uh, right up until they just sort of had a cataclysm of errors, two errors from Dom, Dom Young, one from a try-scoring opportunity in the Dolphins' in goal when the momentum was going their right way, which really stopped it uh, because then he also knocked the ball on um, from that kick return and then gave away the six again for what I believe was, was it Tessie New's second try? It was the Dolphins' yeah. second try at least. Um, but a shout-out as well to Leo Thompson. By the 32nd-minute mark, he had 25 tackles. And again, with a, a bench of three debutants um, that you probably weren't going to expect to put in big numbers, at least in their first game. He was really standing up um, and is really becoming a, a sort of a, con- a consistent player in this side. And um, they, they definitely need him, especially with the image, uh, with the injuries that they've got. Um, and then we had that escort play from Gay to Miller, which I was sort of scratching my head as to why 
he did that. It seemed pretty blatant to me. And yeah. that led to another another Dolphins try as well. We're sort of getting that theme here that most of these Dolphins tries are coming off of mistakes from Newcastle, which again, as I said in the end, is what really let them down. Um, interesting as well, 52 minutes into the game, Katoa and O'Sullivan have one run each. You don't usually see that from your halves, but hey, it was working to that point. And sort of to sum up the game for the Dolphins, who would kick on sort of in the second half of the second half to go on and win. Um, they might not have the best side on paper. And I know that they're second at the moment and they're playing great, but on paper, it's not overall the best side. At least we didn't think so heading into this game. But something that Wayne Bennett might have told them was, hey, if we hold on to the ball, if we actually limit our errors against no matter the opposition, we're at least going to be in with the fight. It also helps when your opposition makes error after error after error and gives you those opportunities. But if you're able to hold onto the ball, especially against the lower table teams who are going to make those errors, then you probably are going to win comfortably. And that's what the Dolphins do. That's the Velvet Flog, uh, Ollie, reporting on that. Flog now, not frog. <laughs> right. uh, no, that was very succinct, Oliver. I liked it a lot. Um, the, the, all the hype around the Dolphins forward pack, it was a back five that were the stars in this game, I it thought. Was, yeah. uh, Aitken was outstanding. Branko Lee was outstanding. Tessie New made over 200-plus metres. And the hammer was is you yourself. Asako's playing good footy, and geez, he's a good kicker. Um, this year, you see everything. This year, they've yeah. just, well, he is in general, but it just seems everything's falling into place. Um, as, a, as a very, very sound rugby league team, uh, obviously coached well, and um, that was the difference. They were more clinical. Uh, the Knights... I'm not sure what, like, they, they were only enemies at times, but I think they they would say that, if you're a Knights fan, like I said, I think they would say they overperformed against expectations. They only blew out late. I know he's a one-man band and he's getting gambled. Like I said, I would stick with Gamble there, but as to your point, where do you put everyone else? I don't know. Well, Lockheed what, what Miller was their best attacking option yeah. in this game. You know, the, you know what the... I think he works best at fullback. You know what the problem is? It's, um, <laughs> yeah, the problem is... What what is Jackson Hastings? Yeah, I don't know. Now I've now seen At him in moment, for another I'm team. Sure. Look, he's clearly a very good first grade footballer. He's, he's as good a defensive half or whatever he might be in the game. I think he is a lock. Let him play lock and kick. And or like I said, like like I said last week, maybe he's a good dummy to half. Seven and Ponga to six, but yeah. yeah. Um, as you said, against expectations, I really did not expect Newcastle to be as good as they were for the first hour of this game and. They were pretty good. Um, it had a lot to do with their back row. I thought their back row was tremendous uh, from Newcastle for that 100%. first hour of this game. And um, Crossland, I never knew he could make 50 tackles, let alone <laughs> fucking <laughs> be out there for as exactly. long as he was. He may have found his spot at hooker. He actually looked quite good at, at hooker there. Um, and his passing game wasn't too bad off the ground either. But um, obviously, Bradley pushes him out when he comes back. But yeah. decent backup hooker and... May now be 14 for the just rest to, of the just year. Just to double down your point, um, Lachlan Fitzgibbon has been a favourite pop plan of ours. He has. For, for good four two years, years, three years. Yeah. Uh, well, but he's, <laughs> he's now their main point of attack. He he's hitting yeah. the right holes at the right time and playing great foot. Like, looks dangerous every time he touches the footy. You know, oh. he's at the, wherever the penny's dropped, whether it's just um, they've finally worked out the way to use him. But he's their, he has been outstanding all year. Like the scores blew out late, but I expected it to happen pretty much as soon as the second half started, to be honest, because there were signs there. But Newcastle, they scrambled and they hung tough for a long part. Um, they did fall apart late. 
but they're making just way too many mistakes, and, and that's what that's what killed them in the end. The Dolphins' attack was just much more organised than than Newcastle. Um, O'Sullivan's a really good controlling halfback. Who would have known? <laughs> like he's he gets them into positions. He he plays well with his back rowers, and he links up well with Young Katoa at different times. And he's and he's fullback when they when they chime in. Um, yeah, he's does a lot right without getting too much wrong. Um, with and you know he doesn't set the world on fire, but he does a lot right. Which is isn't it funny to see want. a team win nursing their halves as opposed to a team we'll talk about later who can't win. In spite of their halves. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I wonder who you might be talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, Dom Young had a night to forget. He had six errors in this game, which is, you know, considering he was quite good the week before and quite bad the week before that. So who knows, that, might, that may be something that carries on throughout, throughout the year. But yeah, he had, a, he had a bad one in this one. Uh Hetherington ran around with his angry head on again. Yeah. <laughs> Seemed to have very little impact, but he was trying to hurt someone. Even <laughs> he just didn't really get hold of anyone yeah. at, <laughs> during the game. I thought Matt Croker was good off the bench for Newcastle, and Crossland was good at hooker. Frizzell and um, and uh, da, 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 Fitzgibbon were massive for, for Newcastle and kept them in the game, as I said earlier. Um, Young Ryan Rivet, he's got something. Yeah, he does. He, he yeah. will. Nice passing game and um, yeah. some good feet. So yep. um be good to see him get some game time during the year. Yeah, Gamble was really strong and Miller was fantastic. He was the he, every time they were looking for points, they were looking to him to, to provide them and he did. Uh I thought Kenny Bromwich was, you know, quite good. Um uh, with Lumi Lumi uh Lumi Lume, but the highlight was Kenny Bromwich with the flying headbutt, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to the groin. To the Jets crackers. <laughs> poor Gamble. He would have been speaking <laughs> with a very high voice hey, for a there, bit of time. <laughs> I reckon there's footballers across the area waiting to do that to Tyson Gamble. <laughs> oh, mate. He didn't miss him. <laughs> He'd have been sledging sure. at a higher op- octave for the rest of the game. Did not <laughs> miss him. Um, you filthy jerk. Jesse did a job, but yet to sort of really stamp himself as, like, you know, he's sort of been left behind by Yukafusis and his brother. At you know, Tom Gilbert. Start this year, and Tom, Tom Gilbert is a fucking beast. I haven't got to him yet. But, oh. Mate, yeah, he's, he's just been killing it. Three weeks in a row, he's oh. been close to their best player three weeks I in a row. I him and Hopgood the other week. And, and there um, there's, a, there's a team up in North Queensland that's really missing somebody who does yeah. all that work in the middle of the field and cover up all the bullshit that you're now seeing what's coming, what's coming through the middle of the yeah. field for the Cowboys. But, um, yeah. Uh, Tessie had a... Tessie cashed in on some really, you know, all he did really was finish. He didn't sort of do anything yeah, yeah. super apart from grab the grab the thing and put the ball down. But a um, couple of really nice finishes to cash in on, on a game. And um, yeah, Aiken was fantastic as you as yeah. you mentioned. And Gilbert was brilliant. Gilbert was the best player on the field yep. by a mile. I gave the two to Tessie New just because of his finishing. Um, yep. Yeah, and then I either had Aiken. O'Sullivan or Miller for the one point. But I had eight can Fitzgibbon or Miller. Ollie? I reckon go with Aiken then. Aiken? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you little soft spot there. <laughs> he was fantastic though. Yeah, he's very good. The main event Friday night, 20 to 18, the Barneys went down to the Trooks. Barney, what did the stats say as we saw... Perhaps some return to what we expect from the Roosters. Yeah, four tries to three, two out of four conversions played two out of three, a missed two-point field goal attempt and one out of two penalty attempts for South Sydney. 
30 out of 39 sets. For the Roosters, played 23 out of 37. Four line breaks to seven, 28 tackle bust to 32. Nine offloads to five, two force dropouts by the Roosters, three by South Sydney. Zero 40 20s, 336 tackles played 358. Four ruck infringements against Souths, one inside the 10 against the Roosters. Four penalties conceded to five. Nine errors from the Roosters, 15 from South Sydney. A sin bin from both sides. Radley made 47 tackles. Cook made 42. Jackson Bolo made 192 running metres. And Campbell Graham with 194. Uh, Bolo with 97 supercoach points. Keon Kulamatungi with 92. And Campbell Graham with 83. I'd almost want to let the Velvet Flog have another crack at this first. Uh, go on, Ollie. Uh, well, South Sydney didn't get off to the best start with Saleh obviously going down in the first minute, leaving South with 16 players. Of course, he's the first, I don't want to say casualty, but the first player to have the 11-day stand-down rule stand for head injuries. Um, but then after that, the Roosters were very poor for most of this first half. It yeah, gave me matter vibes. I've got to say, like, the Roosters were quite poor. It all kicked off with... Uh, Joey Manu in the fifth minute, of course, he didn't realise the, the six again was called, still thought it was the last tackle, got tackled. And Gave it back to him. Like, just makes you go, oh, it's just one of those moments. It was like, uh, it was like Dylan Walker's pass towards the end of the game against the Roosters last week. One of those things that just makes you go, oh. And Panasini as well, I should say, in the the Paramanly game, when the ball was free right in front of the line, he picked it up and just seemed like he threw over fall. his own feet. Couldn't, yep. couldn't put it down. Like, oh boy, there's going to be a good blue for real <laughs> here, I feel. Or Johnny Bateman, grounding with his face. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Don't talk about it. <laughs> but then a, a great line run from Keon Kalal Matangi to score for Souths in the eighth minute. Uh, the thing I really took up for, took from this was Ilias held the ball up perfectly just to get that little bit of a gap yep. for him to crash through. And then the support play and the cutouts uh, for Alex Johnson to score the second try of the game. Um, and it had been all South Sydney for at least the first 15 minutes. And that would then continue... Um, there was nothing going the Roosters' way until we got about 34 and a half minutes into this game and it came from the cheese, that individual effort from dummy half, ran through the dummy, just went himself and scored and that pretty much changed the complexion of the game from there. Souths were pretty much done. They'd packed up. They'd gone home before halftime. Um, and then towards the end of the half, we had Kiri kick the ball out to Daniel Tupo, obviously skyrocketing up into the air to get that one and put it down. Uh, to get the Roosters back into the game, heading into half time, And then I, I thought Kiri had a, a great game in this one, both on the ball and in defence. I believe in defence he made he made 31 tackles, yep. uh, which is probably what you'd expect from a front rower, but from a half, and especially Luke Kiri with all the head injuries he's been having to make 31 tackles is a brilliant effort. Uh, I don't think Trent Robinson will be wanting him to make 31 tackles every week, though, I feel like. <laughs> You might want him to to sort of uh, sit back. I got here at one point, uh, 56 minutes in the game. Egan Butcher loves to bleed. He bled last week. <laughs> he bled in round one as well. And it was from the same spot. It, but that's it was funny this week because he just sort of made the tackle and it didn't look like anything was wrong. He got up, he looked normal. And then you just see Claret just start forming in his head and coming down. You're like, oh, shit. Um, but then not too Living long after. Living up to his name, Haley. Living up to our oh, butcher, yeah. Bradley doesn't mind to bleed um, either. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's pretty too. good well, at bleeding. 
about 60 minutes into the game, though. Now, I've, I've taken this down. This that I'm about to read out all happened within a three-minute period. And I wonder if you guys remember this period in the game. So the Roosters knocked the ball on. Then the next play, South knocked the ball on. Then the Roosters knocked the ball on. Uh, I think it was through Joseph Sawali. And then the South knocked the ball on. Then the Roosters knocked the ball on again. And then Totola knocks the ball on. Nobody yeah. wanted the ball. Within a three-minute period, I think it was and three. Totola, um, did Totola go to the captain's challenge? Was that the... Was that the... No, I think Tatola, he just used his it. I know he... he uh, no, they did. He lost, they lost yeah, the challenge. Sure they lost they the challenge. challenge. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah. Um, but within that whole 10-minute period between the 50th and 60th minute, um, 10 mistakes were made. Five to the... Uh, six of the Roosters and four to South Sydney. So there you go. And then not long after that, um, we got that big tri-saving tackle, obviously, from Joseph Manu, um, knocking the ball out of the hands of the South. Who was it? Was it Tass for South Sydney? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, um, and then Latrell, with that poor dropout, went... Was it, did it go or or it went, Yeah, it, it was just... Um, a shitty dropout after uh, a kick out on the full as well. And I thought Latrell looked really good in the first half, not setting the world alight, but it looks like he was building up to a classic Latrell versus the Roosters performance in that first half. He was cooking, uh, as some people like to say, but then he, yeah, in the second half, he, he wasn't really seen too much other than those two big errors. Um, I thought Sawali had a really good game as well. Um, and then with about three minutes to go, uh, that confrontation between Cameron Murray and Joseph Manu, I think it was. And I've got here, uh, Cody Walker has turned on the peanut. And when <laughs> Cody Walker turns on the peanut, there's no real getting him back from turning on the peanut. So that, for me, kind of all but ruled South Sydney um, out there. Although uh, Isaac Thompson, with that try, offered the great assist from Campbell Graham right at the end of the game, sort of gave South Sydney a sniff. Uh, but a sniff is all they would have because the Roosters were victorious. Uh, someone just, oh, I'll hand it over in a moment, but someone I want to highlight is Jackson Paulo with his two tries, 192 running metres, because when he played for the other team against the Roosters last year, he probably had one of the worst performances we've ever seen from a winger. That had to have been playing on his mind, obviously, this year, and he's come into this game and had close to his best game in first grade. Now, you're right about the cheese um, changing things when he came on, but the yeah. catalyst here was Jared Weir Hargreaves. He was Absolutely. outstanding. They've been waiting for him for two and a half weeks to come back. When he came on the field, they were a different team. He just went, right, you flogs. Let's, um, no disrespect, Ollie. Try and stop uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get going. Um, and he started this run. He was outstanding. He, what is he now, 33, 34? He... He's just a warrior. He's you, you just an absolute with. unit, mate. Like, oh, you look at the size it. of him across the shoulders and just how thick he is. Yeah. And if when he put he runs as quick as he can every time he grabs the ball straight yeah. at you. You know, like, um, just good luck. You know this world of like rugby league <laughs> boxing. The one I would pay for is in a, in a year or two's time. Him versus Fisher Harris, Sunny Bill or something. Oh yeah, Fish. <laughs> Fisher yeah, Harris yeah, nice. or uh, uh, Junior. Junior oh, Baller. Yeah, Oh, that'd be yeah, tasty. Human fish would be, uh, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Georgie Rose, make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Limit boxing. Mm. Um, Ollie's covered off majority of what I've had to say, to be honest. But, um, yeah, yeah, Souths, I thought, dominated <laughs> dominated pretty early in this game. Uh, there's some really nice ball movement uh, for, for points at the start of this game, which really stood out for me. There was some some really nice long passing and, um, and pace, like... 
blokes getting beaten on the outside with pace and footwork and yeah, it, it was a really um, entertaining start apart from obviously when the game got bogged down with errors and mistakes and penalties but there were some really nice flashes of, um, of footy that, that turned into points um, and yeah, the, as you mentioned, the cheese and the kick, the cross kick to, the, really got the Roosters back into this game and their scramble to defence I thought was one of the really one of the reasons they got away with this game as well because South did have prolonged periods of pressure at different stages just sort of before half time and um, in, in the middle of the second half where they were starting to mount some attack and the Roosters turned them away time and time again um, on their own goal line which proved pivotal in them getting the getting away with it at the end of it um, they, they stopped two or three breakaways like they just scrambled and stopped two or three breakaway How attempts from South Sydney not mentioned James Tedesco yet <laughs> he was like he's even his Cover defence. He chopped down a couple of those breakaways. Yeah, uh, and you just reminded me. He was the he man was that was cutting down those breakaways. Yeah, absolutely he was. Because probably because he didn't um, shine in attack like he no, generally he when there. he gets he's mentioned. Still, he's still in. He was the guy that. Yeah, but he's the, the, yeah, right he's the guy that sets up tries and scores tries. And whereas mm. he was, he was part of the attack and he was yeah. doing plenty of work and he, he he did save a try or two, but it wasn't that highlight reel performance that no. you expect. From but Teddy, I thought this but was A plus Teddy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was, absolutely. he was fantastic. Um, yeah, there's probably two, a tri- uh, probably two tries at the end of the day that were, were toss of the coin. Um, could have gone either way, whether it had been let through as I'm, a try. I, I am happy they allowed that try with the Manu obstruction. Because mm. Walker only had eyes for playing... For the penalty, yeah, yeah, absolutely. At no yeah. point was he, and even if he did, if Manu wasn't, he was never going to stop. He was never um, going to touch him. Never no, going to touch. He wouldn't have got a please. hand on him. But um. so I'm happy that, and and I, I will say they're not perfect. The bunker this year, there's been more stuff that I agree with than I haven't, and if nothing else, I'm happy with that. And just Roosters just seem to have that edge, that little bit more mongrel than what Souths did. They wanted to get down and dirty that little bit more than Souths did Penrith in the middle last of the week, field. and I think it just exposes Souths a bit. And yeah, they'll go on their run. They'll win a few. They're now. I declared them as um, close to minor premiers because I thought they would get hot early, and they they're just a good team. They did like seriously. You got to remember they had two. They only had um, two on the bench for a large part of this yeah, game. True. So they did true. quite well with um, their rotation of the middles because they would have been gassed by the end of this game because yeah. there was blokes out there playing long minutes that really aren't used to playing long minutes. With the early one to Saleh, and I think there was another HIA to one of the forwards, I'm pretty sure, that went off the field. HIA or an injury, but it really... Uh, Cheekham cru- got binned, and really Murray, cruel to Murray spent some time off as well. Yeah, it really crueled him in the middle of the field. Um, but yeah, they just managed the game that little bit a little bit better than South did. I thought Totola was really good, so was, um, so was Damien Cook. The trail again, nice at different times, but he was a 50-50... You know, you know, I, I think he's trying. It's almost like he, because he's taken himself away from the pumpkin. He's, yeah. He now actively spaced himself from Cody Walker. Staying out of it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say it's to his detriment, but it's like he lives in his little box and he thinks I'll. And he doesn't tend to. But until like literally to until like when he's the like, last I'm play, make something where he goes, here. "I'll kick this forty-meter field goal from dummy half," yep. which was a mistake in itself. Like, get where that where was someone giving the ball? He probably yep. kicks it if he gets clean service. Um, was yeah, it's like he either tries too hard or he tries to take himself out. Yep. And I feel like it's a conscious thing, or he's tried to take a step back from some of the shit. 
uh, whether it's a PR thing, whether it's just trying to whatever. But I feel like it's, um, yeah, something's a little bit missing. I thought, um, yeah, Campbell Graham was fantastic again. He's been outstanding this year um, and the back end of last year. Can't people knocking him. Yeah, I take get it. (laughs) Kulamatangi and Murray were were fantastic again. Um, Teddy was fantastic. Um, You know, he... I would have liked to have seen him get involved a little bit more just in the, the very last sort of attacking plays at, at the line. He was very involved sort of 30, 40 metres out, but when they were down on the line, he, he sort of sat out the back a little bit. Where I would have liked to see him maybe get a little bit more involved. Mm. There's one point he almost crashed over for a try Again, in the middle wonder, of the field. I but wonder if it's a conscious thing to try and let the, the criticism has been. The, and the, the halves still, breathe. But yeah. also the halves still play both sides of the field not yeah. with each other yeah. a lot. Um, I wonder if it's like a conscious thing or whether it's just how it pans out. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah as you mentioned, Jared, uh, Nat Butcher and Radley, they were just tough as an old boot. They just worked and worked through the middle of the field and probably with a difference in at the end of the game. And I, I just want to wrap Lindsay Collins again as well. Like he, At the start, he was single-handedly dragging him forward for He's a while. He's been fantastic this year. He's been great this year. Yeah. Very good and happy with um, picking him in Supercoach as well. So. That's good. Uh, Manu being back, and he's going to miss this week, but Manu being back helps the cheese because he, he does, he gets in, does a bit of that dirty yeah, dummy yeah, half stuff. He would have one or two just darts and make 10 metres and get be able to give him a breather and get going um, until cheese is up and going. I think someone else needs to do some of that tag team stuff he's used to. Uh, but I think I think at least for 40 minutes here, we saw a lot of what the Roosters have to offer, and it's going to beat most teams. Oh, well, realistically, both teams were probably at 75%, and the Roosters were that little bit better. So yeah. there's still improvement in both of these and, teams. And and Robbo came in off the game and um, said, guess what, we're going to spend a bye week hammering these blokes to get them fitter again. <laughs> and I think <laughs> some heads dropped in the Roosters camp. But, <laughs> but we won, but, Robbo. But, but they, are, they're, they're, and they always have been. They always start slow and they build, and we all shit ourselves, and then come up there and they're going to nurse them through Origin, and then... The Roosters are ready to go once we get down the road. I, I don't think I've seen a standout team that looks fitter than anyone else at the moment, to be well, honest. Well, some of them like, are expected to, don't yeah, really. And, um, yeah, the Heat probably has a little bit to do with that. But I was going to say, if you had to ask, that's one, uh, let me think about this, and all you can think about too. If I had to pick the fittest team right now, I don't know. The Warriors, for me, are probably the team probably that's played are. 80 minutes longer and, than and that, most. And I feel like so. that exposes them to... The, ga- the early gas out of a new yeah, coach. Possibly. We'll see when it comes to it. We'll get to yeah. them soon. Anything else about these blokes, Holly? Uh, not really. Anything else you got? For me. Yeah. Enjoyed the game. Um, I, I think much more upside to come from, I, I think, I don't want to say they're flatlining, but I think what we saw from South is what we're going to get. Yeah. But I think also, I said last week, geez, Cody Walker's now... He's now getting towards uh, having... He's had probably two good games since Reynolds left. And he's probably cost them four. I and don't know why they re-signed him in the off-season, to I, be honest. I don't, well, because it's because he's still a marquee player right now. I don't he know said if it a couple of years ago. I don't know if he's sure. going to be a marquee no. player. Uh, and this is off the back of that year he had that massive super coach year because he had... Um, and he did play very well. But I think teams have now worked him out. I... If you're South, realistically, uh, you'd almost be pushing to get Latrill into six and um, start again. Yeah, possibly. Start it, go and find someone else or get Taff up and going. I said it last year. They won't year. do it, though. Like, we, they won't, and, uh, but that's, that means that's where they're going to be. 
for probably at least the first half of last year, one of the contributing factors to why Ilias probably wasn't consistently sort of hitting that high level that some were expecting him to, I think was down to Cody Walker, to be honest, like yeah. sort of trying to take too much control um, and forcing mistakes and sort of, I guess, sort of like smothering possession too yeah. much in attack where... It, now, it, now it's Elias' team. Now it's yeah. Elias' team. He'll be better for it. He's you know a very, very good first-grade halfback. Um, he'll have his quiet weeks, but they all do. So but, the 3-2-1 the okay. for me is is a bit confusing out of this game, to be honest, because if you look through it, the Souths had more standout players yeah. than what yeah. the Roosters I did. Went... But the Roosters as a team performed better than what, what you had with South. So I'd call him a tongue. He's the best player on the field. I okay. thought he was easily yeah. the best player on the I field. I went Teddy three. I thought he was fantastic. Because I just thought... I didn't did... even have Teddy on my list, well, to there be you honest. Go. But... but I thought Jared Jared <laughs> was the match winner. Yeah, true. And, but any he plays there. I actually... Uh, and apparently he didn't even get a Dally M point yeah. at this game. I he was the difference. Either, I had he was Jared fantastic. as had to get a point. Yeah. I call him a tongue. He's fantastic. And they've worked out... The, a lot of the... There's so many great. Uh, they've set up so many teams now have those try scoring edge back rowers. Yeah. Um, but he's another one who works well, as well. Tell us your three two. I, just, well, I had Kulam as three, and then I had um, Jackson Paulo from yeah, Roosters as play. two, and then I either had um, Campbell Graham or Victor Radley for the one. What do you think, Anoli? You could probably throw Weira Hargraves or Murray had, in I, there I, as well. I had Weira Hargraves, Teddy. And I think Paulo has to get a point at least. Maybe I two. think Paul, yeah, Paulo has to get a point. I I, I really liked what I saw from Kalal Matangi, so I'm happy to sort of concede that to you, Barney. I mean, it it sort of has to be kind of this year where he gets that call up for New South Wales if he keeps playing with the form so. that he has been. He's been in and around the past couple of years. I think it's got to be this year, especially coming off of an origin loss. But he's been fantastic. Didn't he play a game last year? Or he's just a 18th. He man? was 18th. 18th. He's, I think he. I think he was 18th man for the uh, the whole series, maybe, or at least he was on the extended. Yeah. Um, but also today, uh, I think t- Teddy's got to be in there with a shout as well. So I don't I know, I'm, I'm happy to concede Kalal Matangi the three, but where, where do you want to go in terms of the two and the one for Paulo and, I and today? I'll give, oh, yeah, that's tricky. Well, I didn't have Kalal Matangi in there, <laughs> but you're not wrong. I think Jared has to get a point. Oh, true. Jared has to get a point. Uh, Teddy has to get at least... So we rubbed the winger out because he's a winger. No, Paulo was very like, <laughs> was so good. I know, he played. I know. He played more, more than just a winger's role. God damn it, he was good. Uh, we should just do. We should we, give an honorary point. The NRL, really, the NRL's doing now and give really? them like, points. Let's not confuse. GT. I say we just, leave Teddy, we'll just leave Teddy. We just leave Teddy out because he'll get points the next couple of weeks. We'll go. Are you actually going to score? You can't just brush yeah. Teddy. No, nah, brush Teddy. Jared one, Ballo two. And you're saying Colin Matungi three. Absolutely. Ollie? All right. Why don't we give Ballo three? You can do that if you want. Go on. Give Ballo three. Yeah. Go on. All okay. right. You, I hope that doesn't make sense, GT. Wait till next year when you've got Jackson you're Ballo gonna, three. You're going to be tallying Key on two. 23 votes a Jared game. Jared Warrior Hargreaves. You're going to put him in one. from 17 <laughs> to 1 every game. Anyway. All right. What have we got next? We've got to get to Saturday. The first game kicked off with uh, the... Well, look at this, Ollie. We've got the Velvet Flog involved with this one because we've got the Titans 38. Oof. The Storm 34. How would you be? 
Um, can, can I just preface this straight off the bat? Of course, can. Why not? Melbourne were terrible. <laughs> maybe Melbourne are Melbourne terrible. terrible. Like maybe Melbourne are terrible. Uh, All these people saying keep saying, "Oh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine." But maybe they are terrible. Maybe they've got the best spine to comp and their reserve grade team around them. Anyway, what a stats. Close say? enough to it, I think. Yeah, I think you might not be far off the mark. No, there. I think you've just got to now say this is what they are yeah, and six, stop making it. Oh, they'll still make the four. How? How will they make the yeah, fucking four? Make four. Six tries apiece, five out of six conversions for both sides, two out of two penalty attempts for the Titans. 30 out of 42 sets played. Is that 24 out of 38 for the Storm? Three line breaks to six, 18 tackle busts to 27, eight offloads to six. No force dropouts, no 40-20s. 276 tackles made by the Titans, 288 made by the Storm. One ruck infringement against two, one inside the ten for both teams. Five penalties conceded by the Titans, eight conceded by the Storm. 13 errors to 17. Randall with 31 tackles, Grant with 41, Tino with 145 running metres, and Katoa with 163. Grant with 105 supercoach points, Meany with 103, and then two other Storm players before you got down to Brian Kelly on 65 for the Titans. What a man. <laughs> a man amongst me. Now, the good news is they won't have to worry about where Bellamy goes next year because they'll kill him this year. He will have a heart attack <laughs> in the box <laughs> and die. So, um, thoughts and prayers with Jesus. his family. <laughs> 63, uh, 63% completion rate. That's Tigers territory. That is, as were Parra earlier. And you just can't territory. win games yeah. in that um, set. But, mate, their defence was awful. They, they had no... Like, I, I stumped up and I told everyone to go by Will Warbrick. He's just... <laughs> he... He's in the conversation for Pop Plant, and he's lucky there's some other teams playing this week. Well, now. Was he's a rugby sevens yeah. player. He but looks like a touch footy player. He's a touch footy he's player. He's not interested in contact. He was contact. burnt for speed yeah. three or four times, but two led to tries. Uh, there, that right edge defence is jump. fucking just... When <laughs> the, the Titans' edge defence is putting you to shame, yeah, he can't jump. He, just, he, he actually probably should be playing back row somewhere. He doesn't want to tackle, so there he is. Um, unfortunately, I'm <laughs> saddled with You might him get now. one more week out of him. He might get oh. another five well, or ten grand. He's playing a target, so he's going to score six tries this week. So you might get another little bit of money out of him and but sell him the week he's after. All, he's he already lost money on 200, so how will you? No, he hasn't lost money. But he, um, what are you looking at? But that, like, they are, <laughs> if Harry Grant wasn't on this field, Titans would have they won by 20. by 20 at least. At yeah. least. They Absolutely. were awful. Katoa tries very hard, but my God, he pumpkins up as well. I think there was once, you probably wrote it down, or you'd have it minute by minute. You you want to go and do it? Get into it. You want to do the minute by minute for the Katoa penalties? There was like three penalties in (laughs) four seconds or something? Just just to... um just quickly on your Warbrick note, when Jaden Campbell was moved out to the centres, how did they not have him just com- like running just straight at him yeah. and trying to tire him out? But they they didn't. They kept going to the left edge and said the he right. He doesn't want the ball. Nah. He doesn't go looking for it. He's nah. not interested. Yeah, but th- that was a huge missed opportunity. And look for the first, the first note I've got here was for the Titans' first try. Storm right edge missing. Like yes. that, that was just like they just let the Titans walk over there for Khan's first try. And I've got here eight and a half minutes into the game. Melbourne give away a couple of penalties early. Well, boy, that wouldn't be the end of that story. And I know the big sort of negative point in terms of looking at the stats for Melbourne are the errors, but I actually think it's the penalties that really more le- that led to more positive things happening from the Titans and really were Melbourne's downfall in this game. Um, on debut, uh, Pezzett. At five eight, I don't think he was horrible. I no, thought he was, he was quite good. Uh, He'll be fine. That, yep. that um, 
uh, off that scrum for Melbourne. I think it was for, for their first try, sort of what he was able to create there. I think that was that was good from him. He was probably one of Melbourne's better players on the field. Yep. Um, now, this is where at the start of the show, I sort of mentioned that I, I felt like someone from Melbourne probably should have been on report. That wasn't, I haven't actually watched this back. So I, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on it. When Tana Boyd, I thought he was taken high there by Justin Olm and it wasn't a penalty. He wasn't put on report, anything. Did he get him high? Am I off with the fairies well, here? Well, I thought it was both. I thought it was a shoulder charge. And I actually, watching it live, I went in, I've watched it and I went, uh, where was I, I've been in the deck. I went in to do something thinking he was about, I, I thought he was going to get sent off. Yeah. I actually thought it was direct shoulder contact to the head. And I thought, oh, he's going, this is not good. I think I put in one of the chats, oh dear. I thought he was gone, uh, and then came back, and it was just it was nothing. It was, was, it was odd. What do you think? I think the fact that he was falling backwards, uh, yeah, was um, his head was sort of just that fraction away, so the most of the contact was absorbed in the middle of the chest. Yeah, but it definitely should have been a penalty, and yeah, probably should have been a week as well. But it, yeah, and, and they showed they did show another angle where it was lower, but it still yeah. was you could have made an argument for a shoulder charge. But live, I thought off. I just went, he's a going. Um, yeah, but 100%. Yeah, I think because Boyd was falling backwards, he didn't actually contact the head. But yeah. if he was standing upright, he would have taken his head clean yeah. off. There was some interesting it? things around Whiplash this round where yeah. they took Hastings off and arguably cost Newcastle a chance of finishing that game. Uh, they didn't take Boyd off. They didn't take... Fogarty off with the Sharks. Didn't game. take Fogarty. Didn't take Burton off. And he got snapped. I yeah. don't know how. Oh, it was Nakora, wasn't it? Nakora snapped him. Flattened him and he then um, you can't tell me they didn't, didn't get take Burton off. off in the, but gave the put it on report for high in the Tigers game anyway. And Weird. probably probably for about the next five. Unless minutes, maybe I, the independent doctors just shut shut his mouth and now scared to do anything. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that should be the case. I think it should be the reverse. It should be more of an effort to get players off by the club doctors. But anyway, mm. um, for the next five minutes... I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's a possible... And this, I know we're going to drag this down into rhetoric, but I wonder if it's possible to do a HA in five minutes these days. Whether they can... Because people don't want a 15-minute one, but maybe... And maybe that's what the time it takes a concussion symptom to come through. But I wonder if it gets trimmed up to five or seven or eight minutes where the people... Delayed are concussion come in hours later. It comes in when like you're in, you, in lying in bed at 2 a.m. and, and you can't see the, the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, no. well, I think they would do the, the test straight away, wouldn't they? What's well, something like I the think actual they generally test. do, yeah. I believe, my understanding is test But then they have to do another one 15 minutes okay. later if they pass the first right. one. Right, yeah, my understanding so. is it's a... Series of questions that you've answered at the start of the year, and you've got to match your answers. Oh, correctly. match your answers. Because people are, have been capable of cheating it by just memorising the answers. Well, as well as point, where are you, what day is it, blah, 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 yeah, who you're yeah, playing. Yeah. 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 Well, after this, for the next five minutes, the Melbourne just kept handing the ball over to the Titans within probably the thir- Melbourne's 30 metre line. And I'm yep. starting to get frustrated here because for a bit, nothing was happening. And the Titans forwards, other than David Fafita, were starting to go sideways a bit. And it, it sort of seemed, the, the reason why I was frustrated is because they were near the line. And even though it was early in the set, they were trying to look, it was as if it was the last tackle every play. Yep. And there was like a minute to go and they were looking to try and part like who they could pass it to. And they were getting called up until, bang, he didn't score, but bang, David Fafita was the one really only making metres. Um, until um, Melbourne knocked the ball on, the Titans get a scrum feed, 
Um, and then they get a six again and then a penalty. And I thought, geez, the Titans have to score here. And they did uh, through Khan Pereira's second try. Um, and then pretty much straight after that, uh, Kieran Foran drops the ball on from the kickoff and we get Nick Meany's first try. I thought he was okay in this one as well. Uh, then Sims crashes over for Melbourne's next. Um, and then the next try for Melbourne, and I started getting worried here because I thought, okay, to, in that second half of the first half, Melbourne, probably had that ascendancy and it was their best period of the game. But it was funny seeing uh, Nick Meany make that break, trip over, play the ball, run back around, get the pass and then score, uh, which he did for Melbourne late in the first half. And then I had a stat here, uh, 37 and a half minutes into the game, the Titans had been tackled in Melbourne's 20, 22 times. The Melbourne tackled in the Titans 26 times. So not even a full set in the Titans 24 Melbourne. However, at that time, they were up in the game. And I've got here uh, a smart grubble by Brimson through to Brian Kelly to score. And I had here to keep the Titans within touching distance at halftime because, honestly, I thought it was all going Melbourne's way here and they were going to kick on in the second half. And I thought, well, at least it might not be a blowout now. Um, but the Titans didn't need to worry about that because Melbourne just decided in the second half they were going to hand the Titans the game, which was nice. Um, and, again, that play that you sort of alluded to, Daggy, from Katoa, just that peanut of a play that led to the try from Vuna, 42 and a half minutes well, into he, the game. Didn't he, he knock on, then he gave away a penalty the next tackle. Then didn't he give away, like, two, two tackles, two later. tackles later, gave another penalty? Yeah. 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 yeah, but I think this takes the cake. Because, yeah, right, right near, it was about 10 metres out from Melbourne's line. He picks up the ball. He's getting tackled. He's going down in the tackle. All his teammates think, okay, he's taking the tackle. And then he just goes, meh. And throws the, <laughs> throws the, everyone stared around going, what the shit was that? And then Vuna just comes through, picks the ball up and scores. I thought, Jesus. And then uh, four minutes later, the drop pass from Jerome Hughes. We sort of passed it to no one, I guess. It was a yeah. wobbly pass. Picked up by Shoop, bang, downfield, 75 <laughs> metres to score the try. And then at the 60th minute, the penalties were four to the Titans, none to the Storm. And this is what I'm talking about here because it's not necessarily that giving away those penalties were leading to the Titans scoring, but the fact is those penalties were just leading to Melbourne not having the ball and not having an opportunity to get back because usually when the Titans do have a couple of tries and they get ahead of a team, I'm worried because the team usually then tries to hit back and score. Well, Melbourne didn't have an opportunity to because they didn't give themselves an opportunity because it was just penalty after penalty after penalty. Um, and then after looking poor for a while, um, with about 14 minutes to go, Hughes scores off a repeat set, which I thought Jerome Hughes was okay in this one as well. He had sort of glimpses. He had moments where he looked dangerous, I thought. Um, but then Shoot gets his second try with about six minutes to go, and it's sort of all but wrapped up there. Grant with the grabber through to Coates for his try late. Kept Melbourne in it, but funnily enough, in a Titans v Storm game where Melbourne scores late and it's a close game, I didn't feel worried because I think the Titans still probably had the momentum purely because Melbourne was still... Um, screwing shit up and the Titans managed to hold on and win. This was a very weird game to watch. I didn't think uh, we would be heading into a game next week where if the West Tigers lose, you go, geez, it's worrying signs for the Tigers. They've managed to lose to Melbourne. Well, I, I sort of half think you've hit the nail on the head a bit there. Yeah, mate, go for it. Yeah. Nah, go for it, man. You right. 
Yeah, just on Jerome Hughes, I thought he was probably a little um, little more unorganised than I've seen him for a while, to be honest. They, like, there were some flashes of really good play, but there was some stuff that you never see out of him, like the past four metres behind everybody and then Shoop you know, runs away and runs the length of the field. The shot that we mentioned at the start of the game with the, the shoulder charge, which now probably going to put him out for a week or two. Yeah. Um, and just some, yeah, just some disorganised um, play in the middle of the field where he just he was. I don't know if it was he didn't know where his options were outside him or that you know they weren't running the right lines that they're meant to be doing. But there was a few times he got sort of caught with a ball and um, yeah, just didn't seem as organised and controlled as he normally does. Whether there's something on yeah. his mind or who knows? I, just, I don't think he's just a lone ranger. Like I think yeah, he's true. expecting people to pop up and. Uh, we'll call it Appy Syndrome. Yeah, the the um, big takeaway for me in this one was the Titans. The biggest pleasing thing, if I was a Titans fan, was the fight that they put in for 80 minutes. I yeah. don't think I've seen it for a good year and a half. Um, they fought from the very start of this game to the very last minute. And yeah. um, the biggest one was David Fafita, and you never see that from David Fafita. He was in this game from the start till the end. Um, probably didn't, didn't break the game open like he can at times, but he was in for the grind and he put in the grind which we've been asking out of him for what year and a half yeah. if he's turned the corner then sweet yeah. if he's turned the corner then absolutely and they scrambled really well um, especially in the last 15 to 20 minutes because the storm were coming in that last 15 to 20 minutes and yeah. Ollie said that he wasn't worried I was worried for you mate because they were coming but they did extremely well oh, I was more not worried when the when Melbourne scored their last try there was yeah, still yeah, that yeah. That yeah. middle period of the game, where it was a bit, but yeah, yeah. But um, they did extremely well to just continually, um, continually turn up, and like every time the ball hit the ground, they were the first one there to pick it up. They were, you know, yeah. And if they weren't the first one there, they were hitting the bloke that from the Melbourne team that did pick it up as soon as he touched the ball. And yeah, that was probably the biggest pleasing thing for me from from the Titans. Um, I think Shoop's a great in, a great in. Like, um, just well, you're looking for that effort from those outside backs. He's someone who gives that. Um, yeah, well, they, they used to just waltz in tries in that yeah. position for, for yeah. the last year, year, two years. They just every team had set up and attacked that um, right-hand edge of the Titans, and yeah. they'd score points. And he's um, he's quite a good defender, obviously, and um, he's got a little bit of pace as well, which which helps. That's it. They still conceded strong ball thirty-four. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, true. So you know, is it is that more indicative of just the heat and everything going on, or was there? You know, Harry Grant's still the superstar. and yeah, Harry Grant, he set up two, I think, didn't he? And two tries, just think there was a couple of kicks behind the line and just turn around when he needed to. Um, Four tackles as well. AJ back at fullback, Ollie, you happy? Yeah, he, well, he got two tries in this game, 140 running metres, and the thing I sort of want to point out, and I'm sort of more looking to give um, fullbacks and edge players... Um, in terms of your centres and wingers, maybe um, more props for this this year because you don't see too often um, games where they don't miss a single tackle. And AJ only had to make six, but he made six from six. He didn't miss any tackles at all during the game. So I thought a solid defensive effort as he needed. And you just mentioned Aaron Troop as well um, and his defence. Um, he made 10 tackles, which was by far the most of any of the Titans' back five as well. Yeah, they um. Yeah, okay. Just final word, Ollie. Are you happy? Are you happy with the Titans headed? Or are you just are you just saying Melbourne are cooked? 
I can't not be happy. I'm happy with David Fafita, to be honest. Um, he's opening to the season, even when the Titans weren't great against the Dragons last week, I still thought he was all right. And I'm, I'm mainly I'm mainly happy with certain people, happy with Shoop, I'm happy with Brimson as well. But, like, this game, like, I think that the big story for this game and rightfully show, uh, rightfully so is around Melbourne um, because we talk about how the Titans usually give up in games. Well, they probably got to a point in this one when Melbourne started giving them penalties where they thought, this isn't the team we versed. 12 months like this is a like this is a, a bad team we might as well just keep plucking away at it and just because it, even when Melbourne were giving away those penalties it wasn't like the Titans were actively going down and scoring points as I said so th- they probably just thought as long as we hold on to the ball get through our sets we're at least going to be in it at the end with a chance to win and they were. all you really asked for isn't it there was yeah. a couple of pivotal moments I thought which sort of did change the game the try just before half time for the Titans um, that yeah. was a godsend that they really needed <laughs> with the Storm being on the front foot there and um, as you mentioned the pass that Shoop um, swept on and then ran 70 metres down the other end of the yeah. field if Storm score there who knows what happens in that game but yeah, obviously yeah. it turns around and Titans run the length of the field to score so. yeah uh, interesting rotation uh, Holbrook says all about the heat, but four and add 20 minutes on the sideline. Boyd, uh, whether it's an intentional thing to get Campbell into this team at some, you know, crowbar him somewhere. But um, they didn't look bad with him off the do. field. No, yeah, I, th- I think Forum would have stayed on. I think a lot of that was the heat down. to do with, yeah, it was trying to give well, him 20 minutes in the heat. So. Because it was after, because he, he was off during halftime plus that that period after halftime as well. And I think a lot of that purely comes down to, again, not necessarily how well the Titans were playing, but Melbourne just kept handing them the ball back. So they probably thought, you know what? We don't necessarily need him on right now. We'll we'll give him a little bit longer. I think um, if Melbourne Try were probably looking at yeah. pressing him a bit more, then Forum probably comes back on earlier. Yeah. The outside backs for the Storm really had very little impact, realistically, apart from a couple of big shots from Olam. Um one we mentioned earlier. But um, I thought Meany was really good, especially in his support play, which you mentioned already. Um, the halves were decent. I thought Tarek Sims and um, King were good in the middle for them, but th- there probably wasn't much help apart from those guys. Um, I could tell us still... He was doing good his, running the ball, but his, um, yeah, as you said, he, he, <laughs> he made some mistakes there. Yeah. And um, Grant was easily their best player on the field. And he, I think he has been for the three games that they've played this year, so... Mm. Um, another one where there was no real huge standouts well, I, for the yeah, Titans. Yeah, I actually don't. Um, you know, Melbourne had some of the really big standout players, but they had a lot of blokes that went missing, whereas the Titans as a whole were pretty good yeah. across the majority yeah. of the field. Um, did a decent job. I thought Lue and Mo were pretty good in the middle of the field. Tanner Boyd had quite a good game, considering <laughs> Ollie gave him a rev up last week about his performance. I think he's been um, and Tino and Fafita were the, were their best. Uh, t- yeah. Tino and F- yeah. Fafita just dominated the middle of the field for large chunks of this game. So, is that the way we're heading? Oh, I had Grant as three. I know he I'm played in a losing you. team, but like I, I said, thought I he honestly was think like instrumental in they, everything they, they did. Get beat by twenty yeah. plus if he, if he's not. And then I had Fafita and Tino, or maybe Meany, but I'm happy with Fafita and Tino as the two and the one. Well. I think Fafita and Tino were more that constant throughout the game. You, you didn't necessarily, other than Fafita when he was the only one really pressing Melbourne's line near the line early on in the game, they don't really stand out. But it's that, that consistent effort, um, over 120 run metres each and over 20 tackles each. Neither of them missed a tackle either. Yep. So, mm. 
they were sort of the, they were the pillars, I guess you could say. You happy with Harry at three? Or you would want to push for one of them? Happy, I'm, ha- I'm happy to give Harry three. He was definitely Melbourne's best. I would go. I'd go Fafita two Tino one. Uh, I'm happy to solve with you there, Ollie. Sounds good to me. The Warriors twenty six, Cowboys twelve was a five thirty game on Saturday, and still kicking myself because, as I said on a preview show, we would have tipped the Warriors anywhere but Townsville, but uh, didn't matter. Didn't matter, did yeah, it? What the stats matter. say? <laughs> two tries to five, two out of two conversions for the Cowboys, three out of five for the Warriors. Thirty one out of forty one sets played, thirty six out of forty five. 420-plus running metres for the Warriors. One line break for the Cowboys, seven for the Warriors. 32 tackle bust to 33. 13 offloads to nine. No force dropouts, no 40-20s. 382 tackles played, 333. Three ruck infringements against the Cowboys, one inside the 10 against the Warriors. Four penalties conceded to seven. 12 errors to 10. Robson made 51 tackles. Egan with 42 to Alagi with 190 running metres, Montoya with 246. Supercoach points, Montoya with 118. Tamari Martin with 91 and Robson with 85. Another 20-minute hot start for the Cowboys. They were well on top for the first 20 minutes and um, they look yeah, they look decent. Uh, then apart from about two or three shots after that 20-minute period in attack, their attack absolutely fell apart. Yeah, They had absolutely nothing in attack for the last hour of this game. They weren't thinking properly, and the Warriors just put their head down and worked through the middle of the field. Player after player, Fanua Blake, followed by Tohu Harris, followed by Mitch Barnett, and they just ran in roads straight Corey. through Corey, the man. middle of the Cowboys' defence. And that's why Robson got worked over so hard as yeah. he did, and there wasn't a lot of blokes that were helping him out, to be honest. Um yeah, it, it worked, and they worked, and they have seemed to be to be striking up a good combination. Sean Johnson and um, Team Mary Martin are really Sean starting looked, to work last together. last two weeks, Sean Johnson has looked like a first-grade halfback. A very competent first-grade halfback, and Team Mary Martin actually chimed in with him really well in this game, and it noticeably made a difference. Um, they both caused problems on either side of the ruck, running game, passing, um, not so much the kicking game because <laughs> T. Marie Martin doesn't really have much of a no. kicking game, but um, their running game and their passing game was fantastic. Um, the cows forwards like noticeably tired. Their middle guys got worked over and they died in the middle of the field, and their bench rotation didn't offer much at all once they came on. Um, Tanua Brown was okay, but he's probably the only bloke off the bench that you'd mention. And yeah, they well, none, none of, not a single forward cracked a hundred meters apart from Tom Alolo, one hundred and nine. No, like Nanai offers a strike and attack, but he doesn't work. He, no, his no, defense is horrible. Been, yeah, and he doesn't take any tough runs. He just sort yeah. of crashes over the line, ju- jumps for the ball to score points, but he's just not doing the work that he needs to be doing for a bloke that's yeah. out there. And you know, you look at the Kulamatungis and the blokes we've already mentioned in previous yep. games, uh, Ola Kawatu who. Continue to work, and their defence is okay. Some of it's good, but, yeah, that, he doesn't offer much apart from There's that no, so yeah, no James try Tarmo every this, now and then. This game either. No, there wasn't. Um, and it, I think it probably hurt him, realistically, to Well, be this honest, is the thing. Like, it, uh, is it as simple as, uh, let's just spend five minutes, I don't know how much we can... Well, Jordan McLean was the best of their forwards. Well, so is it as simple as 
taking Tom Gilbert out of this pack has made that much of a difference? Or is there it's more to it? It's made a big difference. And one jigsaw piece can count that much? Perhaps it can. I don't know. <sighs> it definitely would make a big or difference. Or they, have they set out to try and taper and now they're going to end up like try and build Yeah, well, they're definitely Tom. nowhere near as fit as they were no, this time last year. So they're setting out to, to do it that way and now they're going to chase the tail because they're going to drop they've dropped three games they thought awesome. they would have won. And the worst part is that they've been pushing their attack when they get behind and their attack's just been falling apart. It's not like they've been able to you yeah. know, score length of the field tries or flashy-looking tries. Once the ball gets out to past the halves, nothing happens. Mm. Unless Val Holmes beats somebody and makes half a break and then there's still nobody following him anyway because no one's quick enough to keep up with him. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 very very concerning to be honest. Um, I thought McLean, yeah, was definitely the best of their forwards. The halves tried hard. Um, Chad and Deedon both tried hard, but they're a step behind where they were this time last year. Yeah, so, yeah and whether they get that back's <laughs> to be um, found out. Val and Tuolangi were the best of their outside backs, and Robson was brilliant for them. Um, and he is week after week, but um, yeah. The young fella at fullback for the Warriors, I thought he had a great debut. Yeah, no. Um, um, was it Tui Tui Piki? Piki. Yeah, Tui Piki. I thought he was fantastic. Um, he was involved at the right times. He didn't overplay his hand and got in. And um, he's very, um, very upright runner, but he has uh, he's got the swerve and a bit of pace. And yeah, yeah. It looks like he's a prospect for the future. So we'll see what happens with him. Cossie was okay. Walker and Tavanga were great off the bench. Their impact off the bench was probably the difference in this game. The way they come yep. open, come in. Walker sort of unlocked the left hand edge he, with Timmy Martin. Put on size, or whether it's I don't know, but he looked uh, scary at times. Walker, Tavanga just added that extra punch through the middle of the field that yeah. they didn't really need, but <laughs> just had that extra bit of punch and just really break it open mm. through the middle of the field. Um, Egan and Harris were very good. I thought the halves were fantastic, but Fanua Blake and Montoya just had a massive impact on this game. Yeah, the, every time they touched the ball, the defense for the Cowboys were packing bricks. <laughs> yeah, holy. Well, the back five for both of these sides were pretty good. Every single one of the Warriors' back five ran for at least 100 meters. Every single one of the Cowboys' back five ran for at least 120. Where was the big difference? It was the Warriors' forward pack laying that platform. And last year, we would talk about how. In certain games, this forward had a really good performance, but the next week it'd be that forward or the other forward, and mm. it just never seemed to sort of click all together at once. It's almost as if Andrew Webster went to the pack in the preseason and said, "What if we tried everyone? <laughs> How about we all try <laughs> together? All, like, don't think, it's really <laughs> nice that you're sharing it around and taking turns. But what if you all did it at once? And, yeah, we're oh, not going to have one bloke run up the hill at once <laughs> and then everybody watch him. We're all running up the hill we're together. Um, and, and that was indicative because um, in the Warriors starting pack, three of their forwards had over 140 running meters for the game. And I think that's where the difference overall comes in. And Fanua Blake, 144 before he went off, Mitch Barnett, 140 and Torhu Harris, 142. And I would say what I saw Torhu Harris, probably the best player on the field. Cause he backed that up with 41 tackles. Wade Egan was great as well. 42 tackles and his first try as well. I thought he did a really good job to sort of maintain momentum when he scored because there was sort of a fine line there where he could have called double movement, but he was quick to sort of get himself up, roll over and score that try. I thought about it for a second there, but then upon watching a replay, I thought, no, nah, he was 
it was there. So a good job for him to sort of use that strength to push himself up, keep his momentum going. Uh, Reese Robson as well, he is getting closer and closer to that New South Wales jersey. Um, I thought Cook's probably been playing a bit better at the start of this season oh, as well. Hooker that's probably not going to end up here, but anyway. I mean, yeah, um, the, the, old, uh, the old Tiger Trap, eh? But yeah. Um, yeah, Robson might be the one coming off of the bench for for Damian Cook. Who knows? Um, obviously, Origin's still a few months away. I thought Montoya was good as well with his two tries, uh, nearly 250 running metres as well. Um, so he was getting in there as much as he could. And you bring up the halves, right? So the efforts from Sean Johnson and Tamari Martin and talking about their passing play, uh, there were two tries, uh, one each, where it was actually their their passing and sort of the, when to pass, when they pass is sort of what set up the tries. The first one, Sean Johnson um, towards the 50-minute mark for that Cossie try, um, it was just him um, sort of not even dummying, but sort of shaping to pass to multiple plays, keeping the Cowboys' defense guessing until um, I think he got it to... Um, I think it was that the fullback who ended up getting the assist there for Cossie. Um, but then it was Montoya's second try uh, towards the 60th minute where it was a great hold-up by Tamari Martin. I thought he just held the ball up perfectly, probably better than the Ilias one I spoke about earlier, just holding the ball up enough to create that gap, getting it on for Montoya to crash over in the corner and score. So I thought uh, for the halves that we don't really usually sort of zero in and focus on um, the passing specifically for halves. But I think in terms of those two plays, it was sort of indicative of the rest of the game that both Martin and Sean Johnson had. Yeah, I don't have a lot more to add either, you blokes. I think um, the Cowboys are just now looking a little bit tradesman-like. And Absolutely. They, are, yeah, I've I got concerns for them. I don't know where they come from back from here. They go through the motions a little bit and that's what they are and I think I'm just going to a bit like Melbourne you're going to start as I said like this time last year the form becomes a form and you've got to now say well now they are there you look back two years ago they started favourites with a spoon they've now dropped the trials they've struggled to, they've won one game they're by one point yeah. uh, admittedly Canberra's come out and beaten uh, someone else you're going to said was going to make the grand final but we'll get to that <laughs> so I, I am treating them now until I see otherwise I think you just treat them as who they are Cronulla beat Cronulla. Canberra didn't beat. Yeah, I, but we'll I get agree to that. that well. <laughs> so I, 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 and I don't know whether it's tapering, or whether they've tried to start softer to go longer. I don't know uh, whether it's just. I think there's a little bit about that, but I squeezed. There's, there's just nobody doing that grubby work in the middle of no. the field, apart from Robson. He's yeah. got no help in there. Cotter's still trying, but I think he got Cotter a few less minutes in this one, and he's you know. It, it, you can't just have two blokes doing that scrap and scramble in the middle of the field. You need four out of the out of your five forwards doing that work together, yeah. and they're not doing it. Yeah, so and they're getting che- getting carved up in the middle of the field. Yeah. And well, the good thing is for the yeah. I was just going to say the good thing is for the Cowboys they're about to verse a team who recently got an upset win who we might all tip to beat the Cowboys, which is the perfect storm for the Cowboys to then win by about twenty. So good for them. Find out tomorrow. It needs to be. It, it actually needs to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah they have but, uh, to they need to hit, they need to hit back uh, and they need to hit back uh, I've got to give, uh, got to give a big rap to Webbs. He, he came there. He wow. saw what they had. He saw what, what they were capable of. And he They've said, been yeah. a rabble for years. Yeah, and, like, goes, and they are one of the most organised yeah. like, and ruthless. Like They just and then keep I heard, going. I was listening like, to... Um, and then they, they interviewed Tamari Martin after the game and all he talked about was how important processes are because mm. if their processes work, it means Sean Johnson gets to be Sean Johnson and it means they score points. And 
the proof's in the pudding. As I said, they've been a rabble for, I said two or three, but you could take that out to five or ten years, realistically. Like, they they have had very little organisational skills in their attack. Their their attack is basically just throw it and hope for the best. And yeah. we'll tackle, we'll try and belt some blokes, but we're not going to tackle for 80 minutes. We're going to tackle for 30, 40 minutes and try and hurt people. Yeah. And they're just, they're putting their nose to the grindstone. They've brought in some and players that do signings, that. Astute signings, near Corey and Barnett, astute signings, and, and fit that model. They're playing 80 minutes, and yeah. they're, they're playing quite well, and they're going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams. Sounds like you're going to give Torhu 12 or 3? No, I'm giving Taro yep. oh. Martin 3. Okay, yes, okay. Just And I didn't even have Torhu. I had Torhu for 1, but... The, the stats what? here just no, no, that's fine. Two, Tamari Martin, right? So he had two try assists. He only had seven runs, but he had a tackle bust, a line break, three line break assists, offload, twenty-five tackles for a half, and one yep. miss. Yep. And he was instrumental in a lot of the points that came from this team. And then you had Montoya, two hundred and forty-six running meters from a winger, two tries, uh, six tackle busts, three line breaks, two offloads. Like, Yep, I, yep. That, okay, was so my, that was Tamari. my three and two. Yep, and, and then I had Harris or um, Tavanga or Robson for the one. But. So I think you're the one who advocates for Fords getting Daly M points, and now you're here <laughs> overlooking an underrated Ford. A filthy half and a winger. <laughs> for a goddamn half. Best game Tramari Martin's played since probably his first year when he was at the Broncos and carved someone up was probably the Warriors. Yeah. It's, it's the best, Fair, it's the, game, it's the best game Torhu Harris has played since last week because he's always good. Exactly. Always <laughs> same, same as Teddy gets zero because he's just Teddy. All right, Montoya can have one, and we'll give Torhu two. How's it's that? like we'll get to. Um, I can't. I can't have Torhu taken three I off Tamri Martin. That's fine. I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm fine with Martin if you are. Yeah, and I'm also happy with Montoya getting the one there as well. All right. All right. The next game we're now Whitney Houston free in the background, which is amazing. <laughs> As we get to the Broncos, 40, the dra- the Dragons, what did they get, 18? 18, yep. Stats? Mm. Seven tries to three, five out of seven conversions, played two out of three. One out of one two-point field goal attempts for the Broncos and one out of two penalty attempts for the Dragons. 33 out of 40 sets, played 25 out of 31. 512-plus running metres and 124-plus post-contact metres for the Broncos. Seven line breaks to four. I reckon half of those were pain asses. But anyway, 36 tackle bust to 18. 13 offloads to 4. 4-4 four, four dropout by the Broncos, 1 by the Dragons. 0-40-20s, 287 tackles played, 328. 4 ruck infringements against Brisbane, 2 against St. George. Illawarra. <laughs> 0 inside the 10s to 1. 5 penalties conceded to 7. 9 errors to 7. Ricky with 32 tackles. Bird with 42 Payne Haas with 240 running metres and Francis Molo with 176. Reynolds with 100 supercoach points. Walsh with 99. Then three other Broncos before you got down to Jaden Sewer on 66 for the Dragons. This was, this felt uh, like a game where, well, first of all, the field was fucked. Yeah, the field shut down. In the first half, it seemed like every time the Broncos made half a break, someone would fall over. What about every time Reese Walsh tried to he step? Just like, <laughs> he just fell on his face. Like, the whole, it felt like the whole first half was shut down by the surface. Yeah. Uh, and when they finally got to attack at the other end, we saw it happen. Yeah. But, Walsh uh, just stopped it, stepping it, it and just It felt a lot like straight. Brisbane, and it, maybe it, was due to, it probably was due to the surface, but um, it, it felt like Brisbane came out to play this first half like 
expansive. Let's just no. Let's just get through this game oh, yeah, without yeah. getting hurt. Let's we'll win. Don't worry, because there was no. There wasn't the line speed from last week. There wasn't really the. It's like, but whether again, whether it was the surface, maybe. And in second half, they came out, and even then, it's still a bit, um, a bit lackluster um, for a good, well, probably a good another half hour. Then all of a sudden. Payne Haas came back on the field after sitting on the bench for 20 minutes. I think he might have been upset. He's well, like, he came back why on. am I sitting came on the back fucking on. bench? He said, he probably, <laughs> I'm tipping he walked back out. He looked at Pat and said, right, dickhead, come with me. Next minute, bang, 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 and they've put on 30 no, you know what he did? He looked at fucking Moses Sully and went, I'm going to make you my bitch <laughs> yeah. for the next 10 minutes and just um, ran at the bloke time and time again and, and we just ran but, past him. And then, believe when he got tackled, Carrigan had the next out. When he didn't, he was offloading <laughs> the Carrigan. And the moment of beauty was just the, the one-two and then there's Walsh popping up outside the Carrigan offload and off he went. That was just like, mwah. I, I, I loved it. I loved the last 10 minutes, especially because Reese Walsh was on minus one point at halftime in Supercoach, finishing the game at 90. <laughs> 99, um, yeah. Just, just, that was absolute A-grade stuff. The I, Dragons were well on top early. Yeah. Like, they well, were felting had almost pack. game his life. Yeah, Francis followed. Tremendous. And, um, yeah, and Jaden Sewer just were ripping through the middle of this Broncos yeah. pack, which you don't see very often at all. But they were... Well yeah. and truly dominant through the middle of the field against this Broncos team early. And then um, that led let Bird and Sullivan play a bit of footy. And there's yep. a bit of footy in both of those guys. Um, yeah. Jack Bird's well exposed, but Sullivan's not so much. And they they both they play a similar sort of football. They both sort of run first mentality, good short ball, can play at the line or uh, through the line and a little bit of a grubber as well. But, um, yeah, there, there's something there that they can work on. But um, yeah, and Sloan backing up, he looks dangerous. He's got a turn of, ex- he turn of looks acceleration, dangerous, and, at and the off, the, off 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 a dime, like he can mm. go bang. Like we he... mentioned it last year, and he didn't get time, and we said he needed to be played and all the rest of it. But he he is explosive, especially with that acceleration. What, what, what Dragons have done, where the and yeah, we all tipped them for well, you didn't you tip the Warriors, you dumb shit. But um, <laughs> they <laughs> we tipped uh, the Dragons for the spoon, and um. They went out, same as the Titans, and addressed their issues. They went and got um, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, ben Murdoch Masilla um, for some size. Uh, and the other guy... Josh Kerr was big in this game Josh too. Kerr, he was uh, really good and, in the middle of the field. And they've backed um, some, some fast outside backs. But yeah, Sloan looked explosive and the Dragons were in control for most of that first half. Yeah. It really came down to that two-point field goal right on yep. half-time. And the Broncos came out after halftime, looked like a different team. Like they were really G'd up and they were in back yeah. in for the contest. And they took over the middle of the field and then they started um, started stretching the Dragons on both sides of the field. And when you can do that, that's the, the key to breaking down this Dragons team. You need to meet them in the middle of the field and then yeah. start pressuring their outside backs because there's defensive mistakes in Suli, Ravalawa, Lomax. Uh, Lomax. Yeah, <laughs> name, name, the whole, yeah, name them all. There's, there's defensive um, issues out there and... But you do have to win the middle first. And I think the Broncos decided at the start of the game they were going to try and just go straight to the edges and it didn't work. And the, yeah. you know, Actually, the Dragons sort of kicked that front point, door it, down. There was no, it was just like, we'll throw the ball wide, we'll be sweet, don't worry, Katoni will do something. And it came back to Reynolds' kicking game as well. It was instrumental um, in getting them back into this game. My, I don't know when we get to his help. He has been almost Brisbane's best player this year. He's been so good. Well, that first uh, and half. And he's almost, I feel like he's almost going to up Teddy here where he might not get three. Uh, and he probably won't. No, but, um, he doesn't. <laughs> but he but was, 
He's been the form halfback of this competition. He's been outstanding. But, um, like, in that, God, he's a good that first half an hour, when they were getting dominated in the middle of the field, the only reason they got down the other end of the field was off Reynolds' boot. Yeah. And it was him kicking it back down into the corners and turning them around and making sure that they could get back down into decent field position and then at least work and yeah. try to get back into the game. And they they struggled for that first 40 minutes, but that second half was just a procession. Like they, they took over, took control of the middle of the field, and once that happened... Walsh just got on the back of the shape on the outside. Um, Ezra had a little bit of a quiet game, but he still popped up here and there. Um, yeah, Walsh is just a constant threat at the moment. If that bloke stays fit, he is going to pop if, up if, in if just feel, about it, every it, game and it, just it cause problems like the, for everybody. I was everybody. about to say the same thing. If this prison team stays fit, mm. they are scary. Because mm. if Haas stays fit, if Carrigan stays fit, I mean, Carrigan isn't... And had, that was an unfortunate last year. Reynolds obviously is the big one. If he stays fit, and if Walsh stays fit, that is scary, scary stuff. Katoni and Herbie stay fit. It's the, the Dragons probably did pretty well to hang on as long as they did. To be honest, yeah. I know it blew out really badly late uh, late in this game with Payne Haas just being an absolute wreck. I think he touched the ball three times in the first couple of minutes he came on. Yeah. Made two line breaks, <laughs> four or five tackle busts, an yeah. offload, set up a try. Like, he just absolutely tore this game apart when he came back on for that last 10 minutes. And, yeah, um, the, the 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 quick guys jumped on the back of it. Reese Walsh popped up. You um, did Cobbo and the wingers sort of got involved and just kept chasing that ball once it got through the line. Yeah. But it was all pain hearts that blew this game apart. Only any good. Yeah, well, first I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight three Dragons players actually, and then three Broncos players. So there were three Dragons players who made <laughs> at least thirty tackles in this game. We had uh, Blake Laurie, consistent performer, thirty four tackles. Jaden Sewer, who you brought up, who I thought was great in attack as well. Uh, that try for the was it Sloan who scored. Um, that sort of hit off, turn around and pass. That was beautiful to assist his try. But uh, he made 35 tackles and Jack Bird, 42 tackles. Now, respectable against most teams. He thought, you know what? They've done the work. They're, they're keeping their team in and around this game. It's going to be a close one. Sorry, I didn't mention um, Laurie early <laughs> in that when the Dragons were on the front foot. I mentioned Sewer and uh, Sewer and um, Molo. They were backup players to Laurie. It was Laurie who took that middle of the field running the ball through the middle of the field. He was probably the best of them. But yeah. Sorry, Ali. You had you had those three blokes who sort of, you know, set a foundation for for a close game to put in the work and it looked like that way for a while. Um but uh Thomas Flagler, Payne Haas and Patrick Carrigan unfortunately were fully fit that day and decided <laughs> to take the field because we are Carrigan, 180 running metres. You guys have spoken about Carrigan and Haas as well. Haas with 240. Flegler, 196 running metres. He was up there he with those awesome. blokes. As well, yeah, absolutely running through this and destroying the Dragons' defence. And late in the game is where I think it was really clear what Haas was doing because it started leading to tries. This was in that 10-minute, the final 10-minute sort of whitewash for the Broncos. Um, we At the 74-and-a-half-minute mark, Payne Haas breaks through the line and offload to Carrigan, who then gets it to Reese Walsh, who off the back of that scores. And then we got two minutes later, Payne Haas, the exact same play, through the line, breaks through, gets that offload to Kurt Capewell, who goes through and then gets it to Cobbo to score a try there as well. All Both plays set up by 
Payne Haas. And just that first one as well that I mentioned to Reese Walsh and why Reese Walsh has been playing so good these past couple of weeks is because, and we go back to that Warriors game, what was the issue with the Warriors last year? They had a good forward pack who were putting in the effort, but it seemed that only one of them was doing it a week. So he didn't actually have a pack in front of him to do a lot of the work, to tie down to the defence and get good chances for him to play off the back of. And I don't think, at least in attack, Reese Walsh was horrible for the Warriors last no, year. He, he was, was close to the best attacking attack. option. So uh, now that he's in a side where he's actually got a forward pack in front of him, not only doing work, but putting up those numbers and putting in the best work in the competition consistently off the back of that, this just this must feel like a breeze. This must feel like playing rugby league. I think, it also, I think coming home helps. And also, I assume, and I don't know. But that's when he's me. at his best as well. Like, he's really good on the back shape when he's running the yeah. outline and the, the circle around the back. But his best is when he can go straight through the line yeah. on the back of a, a on an offload or a short pass. Because his acceleration, you're not going to get anywhere near him. No. If he's halfway through the gap, he's gone. Um, but I assume he he probably came through the system with Ezra. With yes. some of these guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and being home, it's it's a bit of the Penrith thing. Like once you get your buddies back around you, it's better than being, um, you know. Up. Well, the Broncos didn't want to let go of him, but um, he just wanted too much money. Yeah, and they, you know, just at the end of the day, you got to. You know. And fair play to him, he got what he wanted and came back. So cool. I assume he's happier. That's just outstanding. Just a, one of my probably bordering one of my favourite players to watch right now, Reese Walsh. Well, this whole Brisbane team is at their best. Um, they did labour for a lot of this. So we're going to see you with a whole heap of new jerseys next year, or what? Don't tempt me with a good sign. <laughs> they don't. They don't want this. They don't. Prison fans send me money. Not to this. Twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> they do not want it. Tagging, tagging uh, on your back. Uh, so I, I, I went. Mag- Sorry, I'll go. I was going to say you're going to get the half bronco, half dolphin jersey, the split down the middle one. <laughs> oh, the tigers. Oh, yeah, you know, you should get the the, the Broncos city jersey. Well, have you seen that purple atrocity with the <laughs> whatever is the vanilla coke version? Yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> we've got um, Brisbane a good team, eh? Let's yep. move on. They are a very good team. Payne House is the best forward in the game, eh? Pretty so close to it. Toru, Toru would be pushing him. Yeah, oh, you don't give Toru any points. Eh? No, he got one, didn't he? He probably did. <laughs> three to Payne. He got three last <laughs> week. Two we Reynolds. One to watch. Yes, yes, correct. Ding, ding, ding. Sure. Ding, ding, ding. Ah, we're we we headed to Belmore. Four o'clock Sunday afternoon. 26-22, the Bulldogs defeated the Tigers in stifling heat. Four tries apiece, four out of four conversions to the Dogs, three out of four for the Tigers, and one out of one penalty attempts for the Bulldogs. 32 out of 42 sets played 28 out of 40. Five line breaks to four, 32 tackle bust to 31, 10 offloads to 11, two force dropouts by the Bulldogs, 319 tackles played 336, one ruck infringement to two, seven penalties conceded from both teams, 12 errors for the Bulldogs, 14 by the Tigers. Mahoney made 39 tackles, Appy with 44, Kiraz with 283 running metres and Staines with 190. Naden with 96 super coach points. Alamotti with 78. Burton with 76. Do you want to go first, Flog? Sure. Unless you want to talk about the Tigers. I know how much you love talking about them at the moment. Uh, Someone should talk about the Bulldogs first. So go and tell us. Give us a play by play. I'll go, I'll go through. Well, uh, the first try, the beautiful Burton cutout pass. Okay, don't talk about it. Keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, don't worry. I'll, 
You know what? Let's uh, just someone I want to highlight first. Uh, the talk of the town, Luke Brooks, in the second half, he was all right. He was all right in that second half, Luke Brooks. What did that uh, coincide with, Ollie? As we've said, well, all, well, him running the ball for one. Yeah, and also an actual half being on the Brandon field. Brandon Wakeman yeah. coming on the field. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's sort of the same impact Hastings had on him for a bit last year, but Brooks ended up with the try, the assist, 168 running metres, and he also made 18 tackles, I put there. Uh, Luke Brooks... Solid, solid all round. I mean, I reckon sixty out of those meters might have been across the field rather well, than forward. But <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway. sixty-eight of them probably came from the two breaks that he made to to yeah. set someone up to score as well. So uh, fair enough to him. Uh, the the big player, I guess everyone's talking about, is Jacob Caraz, two hundred and eighty-three yeah. running meters. Um, but the, nice oh, thing. Just, yeah, he's. He's been fantastic and he's leading the Dallium points tally because he's got 11 points for the year somehow because that's how it works now. I still don't know how. You're the the last winger to lead the Dallium. He's been drinking. Jesus. Yeah, well. He's been good, but fuck. Apparently, yeah, yeah, Jared didn't get a single point the other day. Anyway. uh, The last winger to lead the Dallium procession, David Nofaluma. How's the irony for that? (laughs) Anyway. Beautiful, really. It's, It's... Poetic, I guess you could say. Uh, another player who was great for the Bulldogs, though, Paul Alamotti as well. Of course, we, we've talked about him a fair bit heading into the season. Close to his best game. He got a couple of assists, um, near 200 running metres, and he also made 10 tackles as well um, out on the edge there. Uh, Jacob Preston, another good showing from him. In what, Is it his second game? Third. His starting game. Second starting okay. game, yeah. Second starting game. Um, he backed up last week's performance as well with huge defensive effort too, 36 tackles. Uh, Reed as well was an absolute lock in. Well, he's a hooker, but he was a lock in defense at least. 39 <laughs> tackles there. Um, but another standout player for the West Tigers, Brent Naden. And I think he's been solid so far this year. He's got to try 188 running meters and he himself made 16 tackles too. Now... As a Tigers fan, you've got to at least be happy with at least the defensive output from a couple of your edge players here in this game. Um, mainly Naden, but as well, well, sorry, I should say from a couple of your backs in this game because Naden and Brooks, you don't usually see those numbers from from many teams, right? Like 16 tackles and 18 tackles from... Uh, 16 from Naden and 18 from Brooks. That's, Didn't Kiri just make 40? You see, right? but who made 40? Kiri. Stefano. Theory. You were saying for the half. Yeah, well, again, that's... Anyway, it, it, carry on. Yeah, he, he did. He did. Yeah, that, that's another sort of a standout effort as well, I think. Um, but Stefano made 40. Appy, Appy ran the ball um, a fair bit here. 125 he running. Unfortunately, no one ran with him when he ran the ball. That seems a major problem. Yeah. Um, and Dewey got 120 odd running meters as well. So, look, there was some decent individual efforts from the Tigers players here, especially in the last 20 odd minutes. Of the game, but in the end, it wasn't enough to combat what the Bulldogs did. Uh, John Bateman, as well, on his return to the NRL, of course, scored a try of his face, but also made over 30 tackles in the game as well. Um, so th- that's sort of the output you want from him as well. I still don't think he's back to his best. Uh, over in England, he was actually quite injury prone, which I don't think enough people are talking about. He was out at different stages. Um, with uh, well, there was the rumor at the start of the year that Isn't he had this the all they've talked about for four injury. weeks. <laughs> well, not him being injured over in England, him being injured now. The Tigers, for whatever reason, haven't admitted it or confirmed it, but there was the rumor that he had a, an injured ankle that he actually was out 
um, for about a month last year in the UK. Uh, I checked that out. So that could be an issue for him. So I don't think he's back to his best because of that. But it was a fine first effort back as well, I think. Um, I thought Burton was fine in this game. We've sort of talked, spoken about him, whether or not Burton he's a... Was good he's game, a actually. He was good. He... That first try uh, for Kikau, and then um, Marnie sort of opened him up for the try that he scored, I will admit, um, from that little dart from dummy half and back on the inside to Burton where that gap opened up. But I thought he was fine. Um, it was very odd, though, and uh, just that end, that just that effort from the Tigers towards the end to sort of come back. But they got to the 70-minute mark, and then it all just sort of it just came to nothing. I thought they would sort of kick on with the last 10 minutes and maybe at least get in front and then the Bulldogs would have to sort of step back up. But They never, um, the, the game shut down. The Bulldogs just completely yeah. shut the game down and laid around and fucked around for the last 10 minutes. Was, oh. they, which is the right to do, like whatever. It just, like, it just ended. Um, the dogs started fast. They broke open the Tigers' defence pretty much every second set there for the first, what, half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, dominated the first half. They probably would have been a bit disappointed not to be further in front at half time, to be honest, because there was a couple of opportunities that, that yeah. they bombed and they probably That's should have both. really kicked away. Oh, okay. spiel. <laughs> um, they scored again 15 minutes into the second half and um, they looked like the Tigers were set up for another absolute flogging. But um, three tries in the space of five minutes, <laughs> which, as you said, coincided with Wakeham straightening up the attack and actually running at the line, which not many people were doing, and creating opportunities for his outside men, uh, inside-outside passes, and then three tries in five minutes. Um, you, Captain Daggy was up. He was hooping and hollering, and he got quite excited there for, oh, really? <laughs> for the space of about 10 minutes. That was hooping. I might have been hollering. <laughs> oh, there was, there was a little bit. I don't remember hooping. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit. Maybe a yee-haw, but no hooping. That was Maybe. followed by his cries of, I knew they'd fucking drop it. Yeah. I knew they, were, <laughs> I knew they would fuck up. They've been disappointing me for a decade, the cunts, and they're doing it again. It's going to happen. Watch it happen. <laughs> and there it was. And there it was. <laughs> if anyone would like to come to the Grey Gums and watch a Tigers game with me, it's it's, it's probably worthwhile viewing. Multiple, multiple we expletives. Mark, we, 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 I'll, I'll, mark, I'll put a little mic on my name and do it. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll do that. Multiple, multiple expletives, followed by a that. Go Tigers, which lasted about 30 seconds, followed by more expletives. <laughs> it was an interesting afternoon. You should go and watch the Tigers game at the Grey Gums with Daggy when they're versing your team as well. It just makes the victories <laughs> so much more sweeter. I will. Actually, you know what? What are we? Six o'clock this Friday. I will wear the GoPro cat, the little uh, Go mic. I'll mic myself up here. Yeah, uh, that, and, and I'll edit it. I'll be quite generous. In but yeah, Waken was the catalyst for the Tigers blowing the game open in that 10-minute period. Um, Polo, I thought, was good. And 12. Fantastic, yeah. Um, both had really good games. Stefano and Appy were really strong in the middle of the field, which is probably the reason that the game kept as close as it was in those points where the dogs were dominant. Um, Brooks was decent at times. Naden was really strong. Uh, Reed and Kikau were good for the dogs. Alan Motti had his breakout game for his career. Um, that's the best game he's ever played, and hopefully he just continues on forward. Karaz... Perham were, were good. Um, Adokar and Preston were two of the better players for the Dogs, I thought. But, um, yeah, that's... The breakout games all came around Kikau. Yes, correct. So, although everyone just mentioned was around Kikau being terrifying for the mm-hmm. first half. 
he was outstanding. And he started playing the sort of a bit of the yo role as well. He's taking that first pass and drawing defenders yeah. and giving the so ball he's now worth a bit of extra exactly. time to um to Burton and the outside men. So yeah. I thought he was outstanding for that first the first half. Uh it's a weird thing because I don't necessarily think if Bordock had one by thirty, I don't it probably was reflective of how bad Tigers were, mm. but I don't think they were thirty points better. Does it make sense? They were for half the game, but yeah, not yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. not in the second half. But yeah. Tigers just sucked more than Bris- uh, Bulldogs being <laughs> better. Uh, I I saw a headline today, and no one's mentioned him yet. Headline day was that Bateman was an 800k flop in that game. He was the fucking only bloke good. on the field trying for the Tigers for a large. Sorry, him and um, Appy and Naden. With only three blokes trying that field, I thought it was fantastic. He punched above his weight. He walked. He walked into a forty degree day, uh, and was tremendous. Like I think created the angles that the, the the Tigers don't generally do. That's straight through the middle, straight through the yeah, middle, yeah. hit an edge, where he's cutting back on different angles yeah. and providing different opportunities. But he's going to. We saw it at Canberra. He used to try that grubber a lot. He, but that's fine. He loves the cut um, back on the forty five degree back to the post, and, and that yeah. was. Um, Given he walked out field and looked like the smallest bloke out there, <laughs> close to <laughs> um, it, yeah. how much the game's changed. But geez, he punches above his weight. He threw blokes around. He hurt. Uh, he hurt Ree. He hurt Burton. Uh, he hurt a couple of blokes there, throwing them around. And um, he can call a I bloke a flop off one game. Oh, he can um, seriously. Well, that was Fox Sports again. <laughs> but uh, he, and I he wasn't he even was, bad. And he, he was, he was near bad. I thought he was flop. outstanding. Um, as much as you can be outstanding situation. Yeah. Um, just to, to finish up on the Bulldogs, though, Kiraz is now, like, he's a, a out-of-the-box freak now that's tremendous. Uh, Alamone again. Didn't see, Fl- I don't recall seeing Flanagan in that game, so there's... No, nah, not particularly. There's that. And Burton, Burton support play was great. Uh, I, I love that Bulldogs fans now get on board with, when he puts a bomb up, the whole crowd goes, ooh. The thing for me is, like, Flanagan's built his game around a kicking game. Yeah. You look at the kicking stats... Uh, kick- it was Reed and um, Burton Reed were the only ones that were kicking. Reed did a lot of that standard <laughs> tackle kicking, which is interesting. Which I don't know if that suggests no confidence or whether oh, they haven't had confidence. Uh, but there hasn't been a team yet that's had confidence in him. No, that's Sharks true. played him as a reserve grade. He, he had a couple of good Roosters games here and there. Roo- he never did anything wrong. I don't think he did anything. He was Roosters. okay in a roost in a good Roosters system, but he was, he wasn't what they wanted, so yeah. they moved him on, and he, he's yet. He's probably played two good games for the Dogs in the year and a bit that yeah, he's been yeah. there. So, so I don't know. But um, they they chug along fine. I just think they. I, I put it this way: talking about going back to the Tigers, watching them in attack, and then I watched the first half of the Shark game next. It was weird to then watch two teams of structure actually play each other. And what is going on here? Uh, the short answer to this is the Tigers. M- 90% of that Tigers team are damaged goods. Appy makes breaks and no one supports him. Like, he makes a 30-meter break. There's not a fucking player within QE. Why is no one charging through to support him? Why is... Um, well, the worst part is should be a forward on either side running to get the ball off him yeah. anyway. And so you know, there you know, should the be two blokes somewhere you know the near the bloke who's got any brains that does it is Alex <laughs> Twile. Because he came in half... He came on um, 20 minutes in and started making meter over meter just following Appy up the field. Uh they are damaged goods. I, if I was a Tigers, I'd be looking at restart. You just say thanks, but no thanks. Just restart and get right. We've got Apple, we've got Clemmer, we've got Bateman, uh, Ice comes <laughs> back uh, to power on the wing. 
and Naden, and the rest you just go, you just damage goods now. Um, Hasn't the plan been to restart for the past five years, though? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, okay. and they won't. I know, but it's like fucking anyway. Like there was some glimpse there. And they, 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 they will start waking this week. Uh, they will start waking this week, and they will um, put Brooks to six and Dewey to fullback, and we'll see what that brings. Uh, what it brings, mate. Win of the season. It, it, what's that? It will bring Melbourne second win of the season. Probably will, but um. Something has to change, but uh, th- there's efforts here in terms of Tigers fan. I was very, very proud of what Naden achieved, and um, like I said, Bateman was good. Also, um, and Alex Tyler's good. The rest of them are all just, just complete, complete trash. Um, if he's not, if Alan, if Adam Dewey now was given three games as a dominant half, trying to get himself a 800 grand contract, hasn't done it. Uh, if he's not a se- if he's not a fullback, then he's just a centre and needs to accept his lot in life. Because um, putting waking in there gives Brooks a chance. That, Brooks' one job in life is just follow Appy, run around, follow Appy, get a half break, and then run fast. And hope <laughs> and hope that Naden is nearby. It's there because um, then they'll score lots of points. The rest of it is just just awful. Um, I feel like I haven't wrapped Bulldogs enough, but I, it, I struggle to think of too many guys outside of what we've mentioned that. Do add much more than we've said. So, um, the fact Tigers then came back and uh, finished with seventy percent completion rate shows you how bad the first half was. So, I, you know, I don't know. Anything you want to add on this, Holly? While he's been taken away. Uh, oh, he's, he's gone. Well, it's sort of hard for me to really give a three-two-one because I, I guess it's sort of been the week for more. Um, team-like performance. I think Karaz is probably probably up there, right? Maybe maybe even getting the three. But, like, a, a couple of the players that I look at for standout performances came from the Tigers. Like, I think Brent Naden's up I there. I feel the same, sure. and I feel like I'm not being fair in that regard. So what I might do is just pause and go and find him. <laughs> Points. Uh, yeah, so Barnes back. What are you thinking for this three, game? Three, two, one. Oh, well, Karaz has to get the three, I would imagine. I uh, yeah. thought he was um, very, very impactful ball in hand on the outside edges for the Bulldogs. He's New South Auckland, isn't he? He'd be a Dogs junior, I'd say. Yeah, I do believe so. Um, Alamotti with his breakout game. Um, it was the root cause for two of the tries that they scored, um, both to Adokar, I believe, with the, <laughs> you know, he doesn't quite have it that. It was funny. He needs a fraction more They should speed, have boxed him up better <laughs> one in one of them, but um, it was funny, the one when uh, Naden chased Alamotti and then Fox just loomed and went, oh, okay. That second one, when he just went into two defenders and just reached around them and just went, there you go, Adokar, yeah, see you yeah. later. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty poor. But yeah, Naden has to get a point, I think. I thought I Naden so was... Was he's been outstanding for us all year. I think seriously strong. He looks fitter than he has for a long and time. Stronger, yeah. wide, yeah. And stronger, big shoulders. And running yeah. quick. And, yeah. But they, that was my 3-2-1. If they're not, if, you know, wherever we end up, like he wouldn't be the worst shout at fullback at some point. if they. And Burton really probably would have been close to the points in this one. I think he had a try assist, a line break, maybe two, a line break assist. And, yeah, I thought he was quite good ball in hand. But 24-20, the Raiders, nine straight, Van. Uh, the Raiders, can't Sharks are their sons. Yeah. Manly used to be. <laughs> if only on last year. I think Manly I was uh, like 14 games or something stretched <laughs> against Manly yeah. until we beat them last year. Um, but but uh, it was not their best performance, I would suggest. That was pathetic, mate. <laughs> anyway, four tries apiece, four out of four conversions for the Raiders, two out of four for the Sharks. 
32 out of 41 sets, played 34 out of 20, uh, 39. 230-plus running metres for the Sharks. Six line breaks for the Raiders, three for Cronulla. 23 tackle busts for the Raiders, 31 for Cronulla. Eight offloads for both teams. A four, two force dropouts by the Raiders, 140-20 for the Sharks. 350, really good 40-22, actually. 357 tackles, played 356. One ruck infringement against the Raiders, three against the Sharks. One inside the 10 against the Raiders. Six penalties conceded from both teams. Nine errors to the Raiders, five errors to the Sharks. And a sin bin to Cronulla. Good old Royce Hunt. Uh, Starling made 54 tackles. Braley with 52 Hopawati with 185 running metres and Wilton with 176. Starling with 95 supercoach points. Horsburgh with 95 supercoach points. Tomoko with 95 supercoach points. And Nakora with 81. Uh, another game from the Sharks where we score, you score, we stuff up, you don't, and we'll stuff up again. <laughs> but um, uh, like, it was back and forth without either team really taking control of the match. Sharks started well and statistically weren't that bad, but... The stats hit a pretty underwhelming performance for me. Um, there was four tries scored by Canberra, and all of them were within the within the ten meter line. One yeah. was uh, or two crash plays. Two crash plays. Tomoko holding off the perennial turnstile in um, Matty Moyland and crashing over, and uh, Whiten just going down a short side from dummy half to crash over. Mm. They were it was, and all the three. White and one I can understand, yeah, you know, you get it wrong and he goes down the right side, scores a try. Both the Horsburgh's tries should never have been scored against a decent no. decent defensive line on your own line and the Tomoko one shouldn't have been scored either. Well, he just held off White and, and uh, held <laughs> off Moylan and, you know, the, nobody was there to help him out. And But he shouldn't need help with that close to the line, they, um, realistically. But, yeah. Where do I start? That, Moylan can't tackle. I've wrapped the bloke last two weeks, but this was... This was peak Matt Moylan, I suppose, yeah. this game. Um, You've you got to give it to Canberra. They scrapped and they fought, and they mm. fought really hard in this game because they probably didn't deserve to win, but they the the amount of fight that they put up in the middle of the field, even though Cronulla were rolling through the middle um, and did pick up more running metres, they, they fought back. They kept, they did the same thing, but they had a little bit more interchange of passing and a few more angles through the middle of the field, which has been a big part of what the Sharks are lacking at the moment. They're just playing one-out football through the middle of the field and expecting their outside backs to cash in, which they are doing, but they need to get back to that short passing, interchange, different ang- inside-outside angles in the middle of the field, which they haven't done to start this year, which was a big part of why they were so successful last year, to be honest. With um, their you know their their back rowers changing angles and offloads and stuff in in and behind the ruck, which they haven't done at all to start this year, which is you know taken away from where they could be. Um, the sharks like realistically, the majority of the sharks tries were well worked tries with good ball movement, good and fast there's, running. There's one bloke at the key of all that, Trindle hmm. and Nakora. Yeah, yeah, Nikora. yeah, but all, but. Yeah. But was it the key of all the tries? Was Trindle? Yeah, I think absolutely. there's a strong case you made that he plays seven and, and, and Nico, Nico goes to six. six. Yeah. I don't know. They they won't because no, no one ever does that sort of thing. But they realistically they should. Um, How far do you go down the road before you do it though? Well, You'd probably need to lose five if in a row. Moylan starts getting pushed off for a try well, or two every game. Yeah. 
then you probably well, realistically to, to have it's, to look at it's it. It's now screaming because, geez, Trindle's got a, a sensational kicking game. He's got a yeah, great kicking game. And you add that to... Um, He's a great goal kicker. Nico Hines is quite a good and um, in-play kicker as well. Um, but also Nico's got the sense of when to, he can go... We've seen it at Melbourne. He can be a sweeping 5-8. He can be a direct 5-8. He can do either or. But you even look at the Canberra outside backs in these ones. A little bit of footwork, a little bit of pace... And then you've got Talakai, who's just running like a forward out in the centres. Oh. Like, get him back in the middle of the field. Bring in your Kyle, your Kyle Iros of the yeah. world. Someone with a bit of footwork, bit of pace, and yeah. that can actually challenge the defence rather than just being that battering ram through the middle of the field. Even put Nakora out there and play in left centre and you know, put Talakai on the right edge. I, I he needs to get yet. close Nikora back to the... Oh, we, we haven't seen it, but Nakora is <laughs> one of the best hole runners in the game right now. And yeah, Absolutely. But right, I sure think Talakai they need another out-and-out centre and Talakai needs to go back into the middle of the field or even play on an edge because he could... Just that one player in makes that little bit of difference in defence and in attack rather than being when, that posted that one side out further. Realistically, when no. you don't necessarily have a superstar prop, you could move Finucane into that spot. You've got McGuinness, I suppose, going to play. Look, you can't, I suppose you can't really play Nakora or, or uh, Wilton. You could at 13, but you've got McGuinness there anyway, don't you? But tricky, tricky. Finucane. Um, but yeah, the, um, I think the play stats... fucking off the bench, Talico. Mm. The stats definitely covered up a pretty poor performance here from the Sharks. Mm. They let in some really soft tries, which was uh, underwhelming as a Sharks fan. Um, yeah, the, 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 and that directly after halftime, Sharks couldn't get out of their own way. Mm. I think they made two or three errors in a row, gave away two or three penalties, and they didn't touch the ball for 20 minutes in the second half of, the, of this yeah. game. And in that kind of oppressive heat, you add that all together and there's they were never going to come away with a win in this one unless they snatched it at the very last minute of the yeah. game with some sort of you know glory pass or kick or whatever it is that you might have got away with. Um, Ramey and Mulatalo were decent. Talakai had some nice touches as well. Rudolph, uh, Rudolph, uh, sorry, Finnegan and Wilton were strong, I thought, in the middle of the field. Trindle was really good again, and Rudolph was probably the best from the Sharks, and he only played 43 minutes in the mm. middle of the field, and he was probably the guy who made the biggest impact in the middle of the field. Um, their bench was poor, apart from Oregon Kafusi, who I thought had a, a pretty good impact in the 30-odd minutes that he played. Probably could have played a little bit more. Chris was okay at the back of the field for for the Raiders. I thought um, Tomoko and Hopperwadi had probably had the best game I think I've seen him play in first grade. I thought he was really strong in this one for the Raiders. The halves were decent. Fogarty probably caused a few more problems than Whiten did, even though he managed to crash over for a try. Young and Tarpanay were very good, but um, Starling and Horsburgh were the two that really opened up the game. Yeah. The, the okay. combination um, doesn't help when there's nobody standing in front of Horsburgh when he dives over for well, his second Horsburgh, try. But um, Horsburgh shaping up to get old mate to punch him <laughs> and then scoring in the same play. I was yeah. like... Throws him to the ground Classic and then shapes up to him. <laughs> then I'll make it set punched. for getting Oh, to... my God. Anyway. Yeah. Ollie, come on. Tell us things. Well, this was pretty much the game, and Barney and I were talking about this before we were recording, at least for Canberra, it was the game of the cutout pass because um, not only the Tomoko try, the two Horsburgh tries as well, but uh, Whiten cutting the ball out near the line to Albert Hopawati to stroll over and score. And Hopawati, he does need to need his props. He had a great game, a try, 185 running metres, six tackles, zero missed as well. Uh, and then, yeah, had the two Horsburgh tries, uh, one, I believe, which was off of Whiten, and then the other one from Dummy Half from Starling. But it was sort of like, at the very least, 
why weren't Cronulla there to at least make it a bit difficult for him and at least try and hold him up to get the ball down. It just seemed like he crashed. It seemed like the the Cronulla defenders were two gates that just opened up and let him through, to be honest. Like he was just able to crash over and score. I would have liked a bit more effort there. Um, but when Cronulla scored as well, and Barney and I did speak about this, that there were sort of the tries were a bit more impressive as well. So it was a letdown that Cronulla went on to lose that first try uh, for Kennedy getting I the ball. It, out. You, yeah, you've got that. You're class right. Like, like every, every Cronulla try was a well pl- structured, yeah. classy looking try. They just didn't let in three crash plays. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it was simple because you had that classy left edge where they just got the ball out. One, They went one for one for one for one out to Ronaldo who managed to break through the line and then straight back on the inside, Will Kennedy was there waiting to take the ball and he ran over and scored. And then later in the game as well, um, it was a quick play of the ball by Oregon Kafusi who you brought up, Barney, um, and the grubber through, um, I believe it was Trindle, uh, was it for uh, Molotalo to score his try uh, as well. So Cronulla still remained creative in attack. They still remained threatening in attack. Uh, but, yeah, it was just a letdown that they were able to let those crash plays happen on multiple occasions, not just the two Horsburgh tries, but you brought up Tomoko and also the Albert Hoppawati try. Uh, but, again, with... Uh, Tomoko as well scoring that try. He also made 22 tackles and missed zero now for, for a center. That's big praise for him. So I want to give him um, a little nod for that. But I think we pretty much summed it up in the sense that Cronulla still looked likely. They still looked positive and lethal to an extent in attack, but it was just letting Canberra get away with the boring shit, I guess you could say, <laughs> which they did. Well, this is, and that's been the problem with Cronulla. They've got to win these But their games. goal line defense was fantastic last year. Yeah. And to let in three crash plays like that on your own goal line. That, yeah. Why did Talakai take that goal kick, by the way? I have fucking no idea. <laughs> Apparently, Trindle had a sore leg, but then he went and kicked the next one. So, <laughs> don't know. Put you, anyway, that, like, it's a momentum stopper. He fucking you? missed it by fucking oh, 10 metres as well. well. It's like he won the... Oh, fucking I'll do it. All right, you do it. <laughs> am, I making up a me- am I making up a memory here, or can't Ronaldo kick goals? I'm sure, sure Penloach kicked goals better than I mean, did. Boylan I mean, used to kick, I think, second kicker for Penrith, wasn't he? Back it was in the 20 day. and 20 wide. He's missed it by 20. So I mean, sorry, obviously Ronaldo can kick goals, but can Ronaldo Mulatale? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is the thing. that You've now dropped a couple of games that you've got to win, really. Yep. And um, it's concerning, I suppose. Not a fantastic start to the year. There, no. There's still enough points in them to win more games than they lose. And, oh, yeah, yeah. The, you know, this this is the most... It gets them into the eight at least, but, yeah, they need to be a lot more settled, in, especially in their goal line defence. So that, that was pathetic. And it, it has been a couple of times this year. There's, there's been a, a, quite a few crash plays for Cronulla this year that have just, you know, come up short. They they target Moylan. They target Braley. Um you know, Braley's a good defender one-on-one and can drag you down, but generally if he, he can't stop you on the spot. No. So he needs that five or ten metres on, on your own goal line. He needs he needs a bodyguard. Same yeah. with Moylan, same with, you know, probably Trindle at times. So yeah. when you need three blokes with bodyguards, you, you're taking out, there's a hole somewhere. Yeah. So. They, um, well, apparently it's the, let, we'll just put a bow in this game first of all. What are you thinking? Three, two, one. Oh, Horsburgh gets the three. Yeah. I thought he was tremendous. He came on, fired up the pack, took it, took it to a Cronulla pack that were that were winning the battle at the time, and ended up getting up over the top of them. Um, I had Starling for the two points. Mm-hmm. I thought he was instrumental again with his running game out of dummy half and set up um, set up some nice tries with cutout balls out of dummy half. And then I had one point for either Tomoko or Tapane. 
I'd tarpon our Trindle. Uh, yeah, I think you got to go tarponing. I we think. didn't even talk about tarpon. I just quickly touch on that. He was oh, absolutely killed it again. He just does it week after week. The and story it's, of, the they pro- sort of get lost the story in of that our fog. Po- the story of I mean? our points tonight is um, we're brushing people that we expect to be like Reynolds and uh, Teddy and Tarpane. Should be brushing them a little more than I'd, I'd probably like, but yeah, whatever. Who cares? I'm surprised Tarp, um, Barney's not tried to get us to drop this amazing forward in. Tarpany for a centre. I'm surprised Nico didn't get it. Yeah, three. let's do it. Tarpany for two. <laughs> then you can pick <laughs> it between one. Starling or Tomoko for the one. Give it Starling. Starling was good. Starling. We didn't, we didn't talk about him, but his creativity was good. We didn't get a couple of tries. This. Um, he's always had a very good running game and causes problems in and around. Probably, the, and he's probably the in a clear yeah. air, and he's probably obliged to get clear air to play more minutes now. Yeah. With Danny Levi, so. unless they bring Wolf. Sure, they don't. Well, maybe they do bring Wolford back just to. They might. To keep him on the bench, but um, yeah, you know, I want to see something from the Sharks soon. A bit like the Cowboys. At least the Sharks' attack still firing somewhat. It looks crisp whereas and the, they don't have the Cowboys. They don't attack have the, You know, not many teams could miss the Dally and winner and still do well. So uh, we've got to talk about well, and apparently what I've heard today was it's the closest after three rounds. It's the closest it's been since 1975. I'm pretty so sure we forecast that before the start mm, of the year. To be so honest, so only the Tigers and Para haven't won a game. You can make lots of cases around, uh, and realistically, and Para fans, you know, I did predict they'll lynch um, BA this year, and it's, it's <laughs> floating looking, down it's the looking river. pretty good. Yeah. But they could have won all three of those games, realistically, Para. Um, yeah, if if they kicked all conversions, then they would have at least gone to Golden Point against Cronulla and beaten Manly. If Moses just kicked, yeah, his Moses goal. hasn't kicked well at all this year. Then Cronulla could now be zero from three. Yeah. All right. We got a salute. No. Oh, I salute do. Anyone? <laughs> okay. Wow. I do. Or do you want to slap first to make yourself feel better? No, no let Ollie go. I no, didn't even salute. think about it to be honest. I just went through the games and that was it. But <laughs> salute, slap, oh, and we need a, we a pot plant. Where do you want to start, David? You, 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 you're not I'm lost. I'm gone. All right. Um, going to start I'll, positive and negative, Ollie. Let's go salute I'll first. Start, I'll start positive because salute's the one that I've got. And I want to salute Melbourne. Salute Melbourne for giving away all those penalties to the Titans um, to make sure they that they lost the game. Um, a little like uh, a little call out here to the Cowboys. If you'd also like to give away... Uh, penalties when you're four points behind and don't want to get any of momentum because you don't want the ball back, so you just keep giving away penalties next week. That would be awesome as well. I'm going to salute Andrew Webster. Um, and, and to this week, Serato, but the blokes that come out of this Penrith system, obviously something's going right there. And what Webster's done at the Warriors, they have been every game. Like You could have made an argument they nearly should have beaten the Chooks last week. Uh, they were very impressive first round, and they were ultra impressive this round. They've realised what they've got, and um, they're working very hard to keep achieving with what they're doing. And I think I think they've done a great job. Uh, and if they do start getting these big outside backs, you want toys of the world firing, uh, you become scary all of a sudden. You get, and you get a if if he can dig up a grade Sean Johnson on top of that, hey, why can't they be a, a very serious force? I want to salute Sean O'Sullivan. Yeah, I think yeah. he's just gone through and gone through the motions for three games, but I think he's probably been close to the top five halfbacks in all three games um, without, you know, bringing massive notable no, um, notable praise upon himself. He's just gone through, done what they needed to do, and he's got them home pretty much 
week after week for the yeah. first three weeks and done it without being noticed. So I think it's um yeah I think he's been put in a fantastic performance for the first three weeks of the year and hope it continues. I feel like I'm undersaluting Adam Reynolds when you talk about best yeah. halfbacks. I think Adam Reynolds has been the best half in the comp. Probably date. has. Yeah, you're probably not wrong there. You got a slap. Oh, the Sharks' goal line defence it was fucking horrendous. <laughs> Actually, the fucking pot plant. You could have put yeah, pot plants well, on the goal line and stopped those from fucking. Round, yeah. He would have tripped. The, probably would have tripped Horsburgh over at least, and he <laughs> might have dropped the ball instead of fucking just falling over and scoring a try. So, <laughs> I'm gonna slap, and I had him at pot plant initially, but I've upgraded him. I'm gonna slap Cody Walker. Like he, he either, either needs to get his shit together, or. Souths need to get their shit together and fuck him off because he's costing them games of rugby league and he'll continue to do so because he's a pelican. <laughs> slash peanut slash pumpkin because P is the, the letter of the afternoon. Um, but he needs to keep his head on if they're going to win games. Uh, like I said, he's now they're now two years in without Reynolds. 25 games in You're without Reynolds yeah. and he's probably won them two and lost them three times so out. Three, four, five, six, yeah. yeah. So... I'm going to slap him because he deserves it. Ollie? I'm going to slap the Cowboys because last week on the preview show, obviously it's been well documented. I've not been doing well on my tips. And I thought even my preseason predictions, the teams that I've tipped them to do well aren't doing so good. The teams I've tipped them to do poorly are doing good. I tipped the Warriors for the spoon. I was like, I'm going terribly. I just want the Cowboys to go out there and smash them. Um, They didn't do that. And they didn't win the game. And they didn't even look like a threat for most of the game, so I'm going to slap him because they're making me look silly. <laughs> Hopefully it's not so for that. you got a pot plant for us, Ollie. I'm going to pot plant myself for said tipping because I reckon <laughs> if you put a pot plant instead of me doing the tips, I'd be doing better. I'm going to pot plant David Nofaluma. Like, the blokes... Yeah, right. Exte- like, we got hooked on the weekend. They did. Added zero. He dropped three balls last week. He's been average at best. He can fuck off to Melbourne as far as concerned. He came out all last final series say how great it is to be at Melbourne and this, yeah, that yeah. and the other, and how he's rejuvenated. And this, um, He's one of the highest-played players at the Tigers. He's added zero for three weeks in a row now, and to be honest, you might not see him again in Tigers' colours. I wouldn't be surprised if... Or I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if... Well, maybe um, that's the swap. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a phone call happening in the next three weeks, and uh, off he goes. Yeah, right. Well, I, I did me pot plant as Cronulla's <laughs> on goal yeah, defence, well, so I've got a slap for Dominic Young because he was unbelievably bad on the weekend and we saw how good he can be the week before. So, yeah, hopefully give him a little tickle up and he's a little bit better <laughs> next week and, and doesn't did, drop see? six or seven high balls and miss blokes, like just not even put a hand on them as they run past yeah, him. Yeah, some sluggish stuff. Here's the thing. I feel kind of bad about that because Dominic Young was so good throughout 2022, and he's not had a game like that since like early 2021. So, what kind of slap are you giving him? Are you give like a, a like I feel like he doesn't deserve it's a, a slap. Tommy, no, like it's a Tommy. No, it's a Tommy Redonikas. Come on, no, fire we're up. To, so. We're allowed to give friendly slaps. Yeah, it's a fire up. up. Yeah. It's fire I'm, up slap. I'm, I'm making yeah. sure because I wouldn't want to see that beautiful man's dreadlocks. Well, I would kind of see it wave in the wind after he's got slapped in the face, not for him being slapped in the face, but the beautiful dreadlocks. But I'd, I'd, yeah, I'm just making sure. No, no, it's not. It's not a gangster backhand. Flash. It's a Tommy fucking come on, fire up, motherfucker! Let's yeah. go. Oh. What he said. All right, that's <laughs> it. Everyone, buy some hats. Footy and Frosties, uh, rugby league merch. T-shirts. Com, shirts. 
Uh, going Stein glasses. Stein glasses. Uh, reassess your life about dragons sort of shirts, that sort of thing. <laughs> Go and do that and buy that. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night to preview next week, uh, which is tremendous. We've got Tigers in Melbourne coming up. We've got uh, the full Queensland derby set. We've got... Uh, it's got the buy this week. Chooks. Chooks, okay. So we've got... Um, Dolphins and Brisbane, Broncos, yeah. and Titans and Cowboys, uh, and Power of Penrith. We've got the Western Derby too. That's always a ripper. So we've got to look at that. T- t- a very interesting team list Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit of Super Coach. We'll talk a little bit of punting disaster clips, which somehow Ollie nailed last week. He did. So now he's rich as Lannister. <laughs> if only I actually put bets on. Mm. More power to you for not doing that. Anyway, that's (laughs) it. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow night to preview what's coming up. See you guys. Bedtime.